This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shervanian. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. kickoff mark lee triple g with you for the next three hours here as we uh tip our cap to indiana jones and the dial of destiny he uh he dons the hat and whip one last time so it's a shout out to the best hollywood scores uh ever or at least your favorite hit us up in the app let us know which ones you like uh we will be playing them throughout the course of the day and oh yeah we're gonna talk some sports here on this uh this Friday. Speaking of seasoned and grizzled veterans, Lee Shervanian standing by. The Heim name resonates in baseball this morning. For the very first time, Jonah Hines, the catcher for the Texas Rangers, a first-time All-Star. Congratulations to the Heim name. Well, he the, put some respect on my name. He really did. Wouldn't it be something years from now you learn that you're like a, a 15th cousin or something like that and you never congratulated him? Or he never reached out to want to be on my show. It works both ways. I'm just saying. Four Texas Rangers, and Heim led the way. He's the catcher. Nine first-timers named to the All-Star team. Three Braves on the National League team, but a lot of newcomers, guys that probably you're not even familiar with. So uh, there's that, the All-Star game to be played, uh, let's see, a week from next Tuesday. Mark, you'll be away for that. What a shame. We can't get your expertise on that. Yeah, well, I mean. Say what you want. I know you guys don't like talking baseball when I'm not here. Oh, no. So, we hate it. We yeah. hate it. But say what you want. But the All-Star game is the only All-Star game that's pretty much – patterned after the regular season the way they play the game all right uh the heavy hand of the nfl uh came down yesterday on four more players uh we knew this was coming we knew that isaiah rogers was one of them the colts defensive back and he along with a teammate and then a third a free agent uh demetrius taylor to go along with rashad berry they were suspended for the entire year for gambling immediately the colts got rid of uh, Rodgers and uh, Barry. And then there was a fourth that was suspended for gambling for, I guess it was half the season or six games. That was Nicholas Pettit-Friere. He's a tackle with the Tennessee Titans. He was placing bets at the team's facility on non-football games. ESPN reported that Rodgers placed more than 100 bets on an online sportsbook account, including at least one wager involving the Colts. So uh, he's done with the Colts. It was a prop bet. It was a prop bet on the teammates over under on rushing yards. Guy was serious about his betting, man. He he uh he got after it. But you see this is exactly why this is an issue, right? Cuz ultimately guys could be swayed to impact the outcome of games or certain plays during the game. This is why this is such a huge deal for all you guys wondering like I don't understand what the big deal is. Why why does it matter if they're at the team facility? Why does it matter if they're working or they're betting on their on their own team? 
that's why. I mean, to a thousand dollars on the over under tends you tend to think that he's got some sort of inside information that he might know something that you, me, or whoever else might be placing a bet doesn't know. Did he um, win? Did he win? Um, Does it say whether he I don't think won? He, I don't know. I don't. It did doesn't guy say. Ever, did he clean up? But, but you know the other thing too, and this is something we talked about with the Alabama uh, baseball uh, betting scandal, right? It's not. It's not necessarily the bet sometimes that raises the red flag. It's the amount of the bet. So not that either one is legal for him, but most of his bets were between twenty-five and fifty-dollar range. Right? We're just playing. It's just entertainment. No, this dude dropped one k uh, on on the prop bet. So what gets me is that if you bet inside the facility, you have a better chance of not getting suspended for the year. Because I think this is the second guy, the Tennessee tackle, and this happened with one of the other players. We're up to almost 10 players now that have been suspended either for the whole year or for half the season. But if you did it inside the facility and you didn't bet on your team, you don't have to sit out the whole year. But if you, but if you bet outside the facility, you're history. And I, I said about the heavy hand of the NFL, they also suspended former Alabama lineman Cam Robinson four games for violating the drug policy. So, And th- this is a guy that's – look, he's been in the league for a number of years. He, he sends out – I saw – he sends out the uh, a customary apology. Come on. He should know better. He's not a rookie. He's been there, done that. Longtime Jaguar lineman, so he's out for four games. Um. Yeah, I think they they go through the motions of sending out the lot. The, they, of course, he knew better. They they all know better, but it's clear that these guys feel like the the reward outweighs the risks. And if these and if these guys feel comfortable doing this type of thing and feel like they're not going to get caught, imagine how many guys are out there doing it and not getting caught. It's almost commonplace. You I wonder feel if, like it's commonplace. I wonder if the sports information or whatever they call these guys, the PR people, if they just uh, basically come up with uh, a regular apology and then when somebody gets in, pr- in trouble they just give it to him and say here sign this you know just yeah. have a regular generic apology i should have known hey, better print out the apology he's in he's yeah, in I'm hr sorry. of the football <laughs> hey print out the document and just put cam's name on it we got to print that out and get that to him please yeah there's e- a- even with isaiah rogers he actually was mentioned a while back and he already has apologized yeah i should have known better i should have done this i should have yeah sure come on you knew the rules yeah so now he's and, and boy, the Colts wasted no time in dumping him and the other guy, Rashad Berry. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised the way they're going after this if there's more coming down the road. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg here, but this is what happens. And we continue to make this point. I don't necessarily blame the players, although I think you have to put uh, I, I think they're going to be held responsible. I mean, this is this is what happens when you get in, in, in bed with gambling, right? When. When you start opening your sport up to that kind of thing, I have no doubt the NFL has made it very clear what the rules and regulations are. But I wonder if they're going to crack down on coaches, assistants, head coaches, if they find that they're betting. Because I know the adrenaline flow, the betting fever hits quite a few athletes. Um, I wonder if we're going to see something like that. We've seen players, but we haven't seen a coach in football. Of course, we saw the Alabama baseball coach and a couple of Cincinnati uh, baseball people uh, get hit uh, with gambling uh, violations and so forth and lose their jobs. But I'm just curious if the NFL, if uh, 
or are the coaches just too smart and know how to get, get away from all this as far as betting but not getting caught? Um, because I don't doubt that I mean, coaches, what coaches bet. What coaches out there do you think? Like you're talking NFL. What NFL coaches do you think would bet? Would bet? Well, I'll tell you one that I th- it wouldn't surprise me. Although he's not coaching today, as Gruden, it wouldn't surprise me. He seems to have the uh, the, the moxie to to do something like that. It would surprise me if he was betting. I don't know. If I'm not saying he did. I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know enough about some of the other coaches. Some some of them are so new. I don't know. And I, but I just know that, for instance, Mark, I know coaches in this area, high school coaches, you see them down at, at Biloxi, you know, throwing money, blackjack, whatever. Um, I, I hear stories all the time. Uh, and that's fine. I mean, it, it's just a uh, an outlet, a relief, uh, the adrenaline flow. doesn't surprise me. Maybe a Josh McDaniels. Well, he's in Vegas, too. He's in um, Vegas, no less. <laughs> I could see that. Um, I don't know. I don't think there'd be that many guys, can you ma- though. Can you maybe imagine, a Sean McVay? Yeah, could you imagine? I could see a Sean McVay, a maybe. Bill Belichick laying down money. Yeah. Um, The guy over at, uh, at Miami, Mike McDaniels? I don't know enough about him. I don't know if your older guys would. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't know. I don't think Belichick or, or, or like Andy well, Reid or Pete Carroll. I don't think those guys I, would. Consider I think it. they bet, but I don't think they're. I think they're too smart to bet on football, but they still bet. And does that carry? Does that carry forth to other sports games? Like, can you bet on the NBA if you're in the NFL? Can you bet on baseball games, hockey games, soccer games? I think you can as long Pickleball. as you're as long as you're not doing it in your own facility. All right. Um, so is that again? I don't know enough about this, but betting on your in your own facility, the guys who bet in their own facility are getting off easier than the ones who bet outside the facility. Yeah. Why should that matter? Or is it just because they didn't bet on their own team? I, I think it's I think it's the optics of. Uh, I think it's the optics of maybe um, doing that kind of thing from not um, from the franchise's facility. I mean, if 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 you're at work betting on any NFL game or anything, it just it. I mean, I don't I don't know if if anybody out there would be allowed to be doing online gambling from the facility that they work at, right? If you're a lawyer, if you're a if you're an accountant, I'm not saying it doesn't go on, but What's the perception there that you're sitting there on your computer at your desk, betting the uh, over under on the uh, on the Golden State Warriors game? You know what I mean? I, 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 and I think because there's such scrutiny for NFL teams, they don't want that that perception. I think it's all about optics. I wonder how Pete Rose. I'd love to hear his comments on some of this stuff now, as far as the uh, the betting that's going on now, and I don't doubt he's still betting. Did you hear here a line? There was a line that came out last week where he came out. He was quoted. I don't know if it was accurate. He was quoted as saying he's betting the Cincinnati Reds are going to win the World Series this year. He's just asking for it. I tell you. All right. Uh, what do we got today? Let's see. Uh, Dan Jennings is going to join us at six thirty. Uh, Rodney Orr of Tider Insider at seven. Lindy Davis uh, will give us a sneak peek into his uh, his. 
football preview. John Ricchetti will be along in hour number two as well. Captain Munderland, there's a guy we haven't talked to in a while. Uh, former NFL star. We'll see what's up with Cap. And then uh, Jake Crane at 8.30. You're listening to a Friday edition of the opening kickoff where we're going to kind of tip our cap to uh, Indiana Jones started last night. It's out in theaters today. So it's obviously one of the most popular and most memorable holiday, holiday, I always say holiday, Hollywood scores. Not soundtracks, but what music, no words, all instrumental, can you are the most popular in Hollywood history. It's certainly up there. We'll play a number of them throughout the course of the day today. Hit us up in the app at WNSP.com. Here comes your scoreboard, your traffic, and your weather. We are off and running. Hello, this is artist Daniel A. Moore. You are listening to WNSP Sports Radio. started here on this Friday edition. You know that one, Lee? That one ring a bell. I do not. That is that might be my favorite, actually. That's Pirates. Pirates of the Caribbean. Don't remember Just it. Just a little Johnny Depp for you. Some good ones. We already got a vote for Rocky, which I'm sure will be coming down the pipe as we uh we play some of your favorite Hollywood scores. Well we uh, do ever. the we do the Rocky one a lot. I mean the Survivor song, if that's the one you're talking about. No, no, we're talking about the musical score. The gotcha. Dun, 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 dun. Gotcha. Yeah, I feel like Ted now in the movie Ted. Yeah, Ted Clubber Lang. Today at five o'clock, free agency in basketball. Mark uh, unrestricted free agents. They can start negotiating. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if some of them already know where they're going. Kyrie Irving heads the list. James Harden came off the free agent list, but here's the deal: he opts into his contract with the Sixers. But this is all reportedly leading to a trade that he will be traded by the 76ers. Those those are some of the uh, top names out there. Uh, old old Jimmy back in the. Uh in the NBA transfer portal, if it were. How about that? You think his friends call him that? Jimmy Harden? Yeah. What up, Jimmy? Probably not. He might go play with the other Jimmy in Miami. Hmm. I think he's going to go to the Clippers. Do you want Do you want Jimmy Harden? Yeah. Yeah? Top 20 player in the NBA, top five shooting guard of all time. Mm-hmm. Why would you not? Because every team he's on does so well. That's my point, too. What has he done as far as getting a championship? It just hadn't been the right mix yet. Is that it what it the, is? Yeah, he's, he's, he's to the he's conference just finals a lot. I'm not blaming him solely, but, I mean, you know, for a while there. Can you imagine if the uh, Oklahoma had kept him, Durant, and Westbrook, if they ever, ever could have won a championship, they came so close that one year. But, you know, in, in reading and, and reports about teams that after like three or four years, I was reading the book by Kenny Smith, and he even in his travels, like 
when he was traded to the Atlanta Hawks, and he thought he was, he of course works with Barkley on the TNT. For those who don't know who he is, he's one of the mainstays on that great uh, NBA show. And he says, when I got to the Hawks, I looked around. I said, this is a championship team. We have some really, really good players. Ken Willis, he named. He named a couple of others. He said that's what his thought was when he got traded. But then when he got there, he said, this team doesn't want to win. You know, maybe they've been together too long. They just became, free, you know, they just didn't, didn't have that competitive fire anymore to go out. And then they traded him to Houston where he won two championships with uh, uh, the Dream, uh, Akeem uh, Olajuwon. Yeah. So, you know, you just never know. I mean, I, I don't want to put the onus of the, sh the blame on, you know, James Harden. There are places he's gone. Like when he went to the Nets, already they were writing off there as a championship team now. Durant, Harden, Irving, can't miss, right? So you never know. Injuries play a big part of it. Competitiveness, egos. That's the main thing for coaches to navigate through their egos. So what do you think about I mean, the Knicks are being mentioned. How would you like, how would I don't you like think, Harden to, no, the, I don't. to your Knicks? No, because, because they did a great job in bringing Brunson in last year. Brunson is the ball handler now. You don't want to take that away from him. And uh, no, I, I, I think the Knicks need help, don't get me wrong, but I don't think James Harden's the answer. You've already got that backcourt player. You spent a lot of money. Brunson came in, did a great job, helped him get to the postseason. But by bringing in Harden, you're taking away from Brunson. I don't think that's what they want to do. That's why he's got to go to the Clippers. <laughs> him, Kawhi, Paul George. That's a big three right there. Yeah. I don't know, Mark. Are you buying into the big three anymore? I'm not. Uh, I, I once did, but not anymore. I'm not. I, what I'm saying is, I don't. And, and is Harden really a big three anymore? I mean, his his career is on the downswing. He's not like the James Harden that we remember back when. But I mean, to have three superstars again, you've got to have a a, a couple of those guys. You know, give up their ego, check their egos, if you really want to go out there and win. Like I look at Phoenix now, and there's talk that Kyrie Irving's going to visit them. Can you imagine putting Kyrie Irving on that team now? There's not enough basketballs to keep everybody happy. Um, I think the idea of a big three might, may have gotten stale, especially after this year. Um, but it's not. it hadn't been that long ago where... Like I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's the big three as much as it is being able to put those pieces around the big three that can be complimentary That's players. the key. Denver um, didn't have a big three. Right. Um, uh, certainly Miami didn't. It's about the dynamic duos now. You think? You think? Jokic and uh, Murray, Jimmy and Bam, Tatum and Brown, Harden and Bede. Right. Wrong. I guess because that LeBron, Anthony Davis, but but that might be, be because you need to have a better supporting cast. You can't you can't maybe financially handle a big three. Sure, no, I agree with that. People are already saying that like they're not that impressed by Phoenix Phoenix's big three because they have no possibility of having a bench unless Kyrie comes and signs like a vet minimum, which would be crazy. Uh, hey, you want to talk to Dan Jennings and do a little Chick-fil-A? Yeah, I haven't talked to him for such a long time. Like yesterday. All right, so uh, we'll talk to Lee's Man Crush when we come back right here on That's, the Sports uh, Station. It's going to be your uh, replacement when you leave. 
Shocking. 629 on a Friday. It's the opening kickoff. Chick-fil-A. I could eat there seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. All right, a little Chick-fil-A early for you on this Friday edition of the opening kickoff. Thanks for joining us. There have been 24 perfect games in Major League Baseball. Name the team that has thrown the most. Name the team that's had the most perfect games in Major League history. If you know the answer... Just give Nick a call, 694-1055. Going to talk some baseball, I hope, with uh, Dan Jennings, assistant GM for the Washington Nationals. Danny's on the plane, ready to depart. Danny, are you first class or in coach? Uh, I'm very close. Not quite, but very close. Comfort plus. Okay, so you're not in first class? <laughs> no, swung and missed. All right. Well, if the plane takes off and you have to depart, just let me know, okay? <laughs> you got it. All right. Uh, good morning, guys. Good morning. couple things real quickly. The All-Star teams, uh, any any guys that you felt were left off that should have been on there? Oh, I think every year you can go through that process, and there's always some guys that, you know, you feel slighted about. But for the most part, I think, uh, you know, I think the fans were good. I think I think fans now are really into the overall uh, performance. And, you know, guys should be rewarded for how well they play, especially in the first half. Uh, I, I think the players getting and the coaches and managers getting the chance to vote also helps to, uh, you know, maybe put, Push the guy on that uh, perhaps is overlooked in the uh, in the fan selection. So uh, I think they did well, and I think uh, you know the guys that have really jumped out of the gate and performed certainly have been recognized, and that's good for the game and great for fans that uh, they get to vote. You know, in years past, the fans would vote for guys that you know maybe were over the hill, but they were veterans. They, they got a whole bunch of newcomers. I think nine first timers were voted to the uh, starting lineups. Yeah, I, you know, for me, that that's that's what I was basing my uh, my thoughts were is the fact that there's so many newcomers voted in, and I think fans recognize, you know, like Araz and guys like this who are are putting up historic numbers uh, through the first half. Um, they've recognized it and acknowledged it and voted them in, and and when that happens, it shows you that they're paying attention to uh, the performance of the players, and I think that's good for the game and certainly good for uh, young guys coming into the game. Dan Jennings joining us. Danny, uh, conversation. The Mets owner, Steve Cohen, who spends money like nobody's business, held a press conference because the Mets right now aren't doing so well. They're nine games under 500. You've been in the front office. You've been on the manager's field. If your owner went on record and maybe gave you a vote of confidence, would you feel very secure? Um, honestly, no. Um, I've been part of these, and I think that, you know, they they come out and say things to try to take the heat off of, uh, of personnel when things are not going the way that they're projected to go. Um, you hope in this case because of uh, the manager there who's one of the most respected truly one of the best managers in the major leagues, um, you know, that this won't be a quick reaction. 
at the same time, they have to play better. You know, I mean, I, we're in that same division, and um, you know, our payroll is certainly not to that level. But I think that you know, under the you know this as good as anybody, Lee, under the hot lights of New York, you know, things get magnified tenfold, and uh, I think that's probably a lot of the reason. Uh, I tip my hat to him as the owner to come out and show support for uh, for Buck and for. Uh, uh, the general manager, and I think that those things are a positive, but they're only a positive if the performance improves. And, you know, I watched the game there last night, and they lose a tough 4-3 uh, to three battle, and so somewhere it has to turn in, in uh, for the positive. Danny getting ready to travel in his travels for Major League Baseball. All right, two teams really shell out a lot of money these days, the Mets and San Diego. Both teams struggling mightily. Why is that? And and is baseball going to get away from that? Or are you always going to have an owner that wants to go out there and, you know, see a guy and says, oh, this is the guy that's going to put me over the top. But why are teams that spend a lot of money in the offseason struggling? Well, it's funny uh, you bring up the Padres. I was just in the airport with one of their pro scouts who's on this flight headed to uh, headed to see our series against the Phillies. And uh, we had something similar to this conversation. You know, it's one thing to go out and use free agency and buy players. It's another thing to have guys grow together in your system. They've been together as they've struggled in A-ball, double-A, and they know the history and the, and the strengths and the, you know, the levels of failures and successes that each have had. And I, I think that it takes you some time to allow that to occur with veteran players. The one positive with veteran players is they won't panic. That part of it is a good thing. But somewhere you have to have that catalyst, that engine. I think back to 2019, we won the World Series, and we had, you know, we had the baby shark come up, Geraldo Parra, and he was the catalyst. He sparked us and showed us that it was okay to have fun, to, you know, to enjoy the process of what we were going through. And our players took it. We ran with it. And uh, at the end, we were world champs. We knew we had a good team, just like both of these organizations know they have a good team. But something somewhere has to spark them so that they create the fun and the energy. We talked about the uh, perfect game on the station yesterday. Why is it that some of the, most of these, I, I don't say, I say most, a lot of these perfect games are pitched by guys that are just 500 pitchers, so-so, and have that one big moment, yet your all-pro, your Cy Young pitchers rarely get the limelight of a perfect game. And, and you get, like, like Herman, who would have thought with the season he had that he'd be the guy with a perfect game? You know, I, I truly wonder how much of that is uh, familiarity, uh, how, how much they prepare. You know, when you've seen a guy over and over, I think you kind of know his tendencies and his pitch sequences a little better versus, a, you know, a guy that really you haven't seen a lot of. And um, it, it all comes down again. I, I can remember one night um, – uh, with Al Leiter, he and I sat there and he talked about one thing that was so important, and that is the ability to execute pitches. And I think the other night in uh, Domingo Herman's uh, case, there's a case there where he executed the pitches when he needed to. He was a little bit early, effectively wild, and surprisingly, there wasn't that great 
defensive play that usually bails these guys out in uh, in these times when you have no hitters in perfect games. Guy that you're very familiar with, he's from Faith Academy, Auburn. Josh Donaldson has really been struggling. He's been benched. Got back in the lineup yesterday and launched uh, a two-run home run during an eight-run inning that traveled 472 feet, which they said may have been the longest since StatCast came into being. I'm, I'm proud for him. You know, he was on the uh, on the DL there, come back, and he was on fire. And uh, he and I exchanged a couple of texts about you know him and coming back. And it looks like he's made some adjustments in his uh, in his. Uh, preparation in the box where he's getting his front side down a little early, which allows him to trigger the bat. And, uh, you know, there's a guy who has put up really fabulous numbers, been an MVP, uh, finished in the top seven about three or four times. And, you know, I think uh, another veteran player who, you know, they they just have that ability to slow the game down. They don't panic. And I, I think that, uh, you know, as my son and I talked about this morning on the way to the airport, the Yankees have yet to play their best baseball, and I think it's in front of them, but they need to get all the pieces back on the field, get healthy, and uh, they can be very dangerous when they're all together. Okay, here's an interesting uh, thought. Okay, the Yankees were losing before that eight-run inning, and even the TV announcers said, gosh, it'd be awful to leave here after a perfect game and lose two out of three to the lowly A's. So I thought I'd ask you, would you take a perfect game in place of uh, losing two out of three to Oakland? What would be? What would you rather have? Oh, no, give me the win. It's hard to shake hands every night at that level. Trust me, I've been there, done that, and uh, there's no better feeling than to turn around and shake hands with your coaches and players. And You know what? You, you can't win the pennant in June, but you can certainly lose it. And every game has uh, huge implications, and it's, uh, W's are big. Got your seatbelt on? Seatbelt is on. I'm ready to go. I'm being a good passenger. Very good, Danny. Have a safe trip. <laughs> uh, I've told Mark that uh, you're gearing up here. You'll be sitting next to me in a couple of weeks. You can't replace him. You can only fill in for him. So I'm hoping I get that chance. I, I'll tell you this, man. He's as giddy as a schoolboy over here to have his <laughs> his man crush come in for a few days. I, I think if it were up to him, he'd just assume I stay on vacation. <laughs> It'll be baseball heaven. You guys have a great Fourth of July, and I appreciate you having. Me. Have a great flight. Thanks. Thank I, you. Yep. Bye bye. You know, I'm a I'm a little shocked. His, his, we should ask him what airline he's on. There's all they're wreaking all sorts of havoc in the air these days, man. People have been in airports for days. Oh, I know. They they're talking about 51 million people traveling and uh, see. This is why you're probably it's probably a good thing you were leading the conversation because I would have asked him what airline he's on. Did had any trouble? Hey, what's the longest he's ever been on an airplane sitting there talking to you? I would have been. I would have been asking all the. Is there a kid like kicking his chair since he's not in first class? I would have been asking all the. Hard-hitting questions over there. Have you ever uh, thought about that $29 flight? Or is it from Mobile to Orlando? Have you, you seen you, that? You, you don't care where it's going, but it's $29. $29, bucks, let's do it. yeah. Uh, no, I've... I've uh, well, you know I don't fly. You know I detest flying. And so I'm not the best person. You know, I'll, I would... Like when they said $29, you can fly from Mobile to Orlando, I said I'd drive it. I just don't like being in an airport and sitting around and waiting, and especially conditions today where there's so many flights that are delayed and grounded and so forth. Yes, I know it, you travel on by car. It takes longer and so forth, but I know I'm going to get there. Maybe a little late, but I'm going to get there. 
Well, same with air you travel. Know, more people get in car wrecks every year than plane wrecks. Oh, words of wisdom. See, see words of wisdom. So statistically, your odds are actually higher. Yeah. So it's actually safer to fly, Lee. Safety comes first. It's. I'm not. I know it's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. Yeah, I'm not concerned about the safety of flying. I've flown many, many times. It's just the delays and so forth. You shouldn't and be sitting around. You shouldn't be concerned with the safety of flying. What he's saying is you should be concerned with the safety of driving. I don't have a problem with safety with driving. But he just said statistically, there's a better yeah. chance you're getting into an accident. Well, you, you can you can come up with stats any way you want to, and I understand that. Yeah, and I, I hope we don't have any. Uh, flight crashes and things like that. Obviously, if you're, you know, you're going to have more because there's more vehicles out there than there are airplanes. But I, I'm just saying, I like to keep moving. I don't like to just stand still. Right, but I figured the idea of a complimentary beverage and maybe a complimentary snack Where's would entice that? you on the airplane. Where's that? Where are you going to get a complimentary? Well, I think it depends on the length of the flight, but generally you'll get a little. What do you want? Are you a, are you a ginger ale kind of guy maybe on a flight? Maybe a water? Water. Yeah. Well, and, and it's easier to snack on an airplane than when you're driving. Yeah. You can get up, vehicle. use the restroom, and still keep moving. That's right. I mean, no, no, yeah, no, no pit stops or anything. I should be the marketing guy for airlines because I, I would convince people to fly. I mean, Just look the at all industry in general. I know. You could get up, walk around, stretch your legs, and still <laughs> be moving, Lee. And you know, Lee, you can be driving perfectly, but you're, you know, you're talking you got to 20 other cars here. on that interstate, and who knows what they're doing. So I, I hope you're a defensive driver. You don't have to stop for gas. You don't have to stop for snacks. You can rest your eyes. You can catch up on your reading. There's always a book, good book you're reading. You could chat up the guy next to you. I'm sure that guy would love it. Yeah. What about trains? Especially the guy the with the, eating the burrito next to me. Who outweighs me by 300 pounds. Weight has nothing to do with the love of a good burrito, my man. I can tell you that. All right. Uh, let's wrap up our number one when we come back. Uh, Rodney Orr will kick things off in our number two of Tider Insider. Lindy Davis is going to be along as well. Uh, and we'll see what uh, Nick Wiggins has in store for our next Hollywood score. Indiana Jones is out. One of the most recognizable and perhaps one of the best Hollywood scores of all time. So... For that, we're playing your favorite Hollywood scores most of the day here on the Sports Station, WNSP and WNSP.com. This is Will Herring, a member of the Auburn family. When I'm in Mobile, I listen to WNSP 105.5. familiar with it and i can't relate it to the title of the movie what is it that would be et i was going to say that <laughs> i was going to say that by the way speaking of getting Who things right him? i know I, I i was actually thinking about that and i was saying nah um, that can't be it it's too old uh did we get a winner on the uh, chick-fil-a we did not all right one more time there have been 24 perfect games 
in the history of Major League Baseball, which team has the most? Very easy question. Did you guys see? Uh, so uh, continue with your comments in the app. Give us your uh, your favorite Hollywood scores. Uh, clearly, we're playing with some of the more recognizable ones. Did you guys see where uh, over in Seoul, Korea, that they opened a five guys and that people waited overnight for more than 12 hours to get in? How crazy is that? You know, we talked about uh, Canes opening up in Times Square, an 8,000-square-foot facility, and it was jam-packed. Well, now there are reports, this was, about, I think, a day or two ago, that a five guys opened in Seoul. They camped out overnight. How about Years that? ago when I was in New York, I think I had attended a play or something like that, and I say years ago. Very famous restaurant, Mama Leone's. Yeah. I don't even know if it's still existence anymore. And it was around midnight, and we were snacking at like a deli, and it was freezing. And I'm saying freezing out there, and I couldn't believe how long the line was outside waiting to get into Mama Leone's at around midnight and putting up with the cold temperatures. I just, I just couldn't get over that. I just, I, I've never been obviously one that likes to stand in line for a long time. So, but especially in cold weather, and especially late at night. So, there were scalpers at Five Guys what, in what Seoul. They so they waited overnight. They camped out, and they were they were buying up burgers when they got in line and selling it secondhand for double the cost. How about that? See, when you say the word scalpers, I'm like thinking of. Uh, some like Native American type stuff. And that would be a completely different situation at the Five Guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Things would uh, <laughs> things would get hairy. I've never been yeah. to Five Guys. Is it pretty good? Yeah, it's 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 the best it's, hamburger you can get. It's out pretty, of a chain. It's, it's pretty solid. The best uh, from a chain. Um, because I I read AL.com when they do the surveys and they talk about Callahan's and they talk about. Butch Cassidy's, right, and they're all and they're all those are both fine, fine burgers. But I, yes, from uh, let me run in here real quick and grab a quick one. It's probably as good as it gets. My first hamburger yesterday in months. I Ooh, couldn't believe we had it. a breaking news ever. sounder. I did. I ate my first ham. I I got a tail burger at Victory Grill, but it wasn't so much. I was in the mood for ketchup, and I just totally <laughs> pour ketchup all over this thing. So you got the burger so you could eat the ketchup? Well, the ketchup, not ketchup I know, but alone. you're like, you're sitting down, it's like, ah, uh, you, yeah. you know what would hit the spot right now? Ketchup. I mean, it's hot out, it's summertime. Ketchup. Bring me some ketchup. That's what happened. So did you, do I dare mention, did you, did you, did you have any salt steaks? Did you have french fries? Oh, no, no, no. Broccoli. I mean, because you know better broccoli. than that. You broccoli. had broccoli with your hamburger? Yep. And you dipped it in the ketchup? No, broccoli stayed separate. I, we'd have to get somebody on from Victor Grill and ask if that is the first time anybody's ever gotten as a side no, item to a not, burger. Well, no, it's no, just it's not that the you first also time. were specifically craving ketchup. I've done it before, so it's not the first time. But French fries are just so synonymous with being just basically a condiment shovel. <laughs> and you would think that ketchup, that would be, especially if you were craving look, 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 that are you, specifically. Are were you, you craving broccoli? Are you. 
of all people, Mr. Vegetarian telling me about stuff like that. You, you're the t- you, you're wor- I might say worse than me. You're more into it than I am as far as eating healthy. No, I was vegetarian for a month. Well, how do you come off after a month? I say, all right, that's been 31 days. <laughs> Time to get back on the wagon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Uh, could I get uh get your your hamburger? But um, you want fries? But no, 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 no. Bring me the broccoli. But also give me a side of ketchup. That well, would be. What do you mean a side? I got the whole bottle. What are you talking about? And a you side? just went to town. Okay, I just squeezed it all out. What do you mean a side order of ketchup? Just give me. They just bring you the bottle. I can just imagine that waitress. She was good. <laughs> Very yeah, quick. CR, I'm really craving some ketchup I love today. Ketchup. I haven't had a burger in months. What would you suggest? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the burger, some fries. Mm, how about broccoli? Yeah. Is it steamed? Yeah. The Shervanian special at Victory Go. Get your <laughs> burger and broccoli for $9.99. Oh, it's less than that. Come Whatever. on, $8.99. The point was it's the first burger I've had in... Gosh, months. I but mean, yes, to your question, uh, Five Guys is uh, a, a pretty strong candidate for best fast food burger. You getting all the toppings on there? Lettuce, pickles, onions, tomatoes? Absolutely. All of it? You get it all dressed? Of it. All of it. Wow. That's just pretty good. No, I just don't want Do you any, do cheese? No, no. No cheese. And, I, of course, no mayo. I don't want anything to do no with cheese, mayo. No cheese, no mayo. What about mustard? Nope. Stay with ketchup. Just ketchup as your uh, sauce. All right, here's controversy. Do you do you put ketchup on your hot dog? I don't eat hot dogs, and you know that. What about turkey dog? What if it was a healthy no. turkey dog? <laughs> Absolutely not. No, it's not going to happen. You just don't like the. It's sacrilegious to put ketchup on a hot dog. I figured you'd say that. What would? Uh, I'm just wondering because the hot dog eating. Contest but if is you out. asked me years ago, like at ball games and things like that, when I did, yes, mustard. Well, just jump in my DeLorean ass that guy. Why? Why? Why no longer do you eat hot dogs, but you used to? I don't trust that eating a hot dog is the healthiest food to eat these okay, days. Okay, so you like the taste of a hot dog. You just, from a I health I used to like the mustard more than the hot dog. Oh, my goodness. This guy and his condiments. Wow. Do you well, eat hot you, dogs? Sure. Have you ever had a turkey dog? Maybe. I don't remember. All right, we should do turkey dog. Well, I'd say let's do it I Monday. for. Ho- those are very good. Yeah, do it Monday. Let's, we should have done it Monday. We should no, no, do-, do it next Monday. Yeah. For For... You know, 4th of July. Oh, by the way, we will be here. Well, two of us will be here uh, on July 3rd. And for your uh, listening pleasure, Mark and I have decided we're going to reenact live on air in classic radio drama, the Lone Ranger style, like Lee used to listen to as a kid. We're going to reenact some of the famous movie scenes from the best 4th of July-esque Bill? <laughs> ask. I like either to ask. Yes. This is a sports station, right? It is. Just just want to check. Right. I, I know if you listened to your beloved Dan Patrick yesterday, you probably would have heard similar topics. I, to what I we did. I listened. I I'm did. just wondering. I wonder if you called up Dan and asked him if he knew it was a sports station. I haven't talked to Dan Patrick in years. Yeah. They, they won't put Lee through anymore. <laughs> uh, Rodney Orr's next. Tighter Insider. Stay with us. The opening kickoff. Hour number two on the way.
is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. edition we continue with our, your favorite or the most recognizable hollywood scores as uh, indiana jones takes to the big screen once again and lee i think you probably know that one i do know that one. good for you i know you're a big fan of the franchise i am very much so all right uh, let's talk some alabama football with rodney or tighter insider rodney welcome to the show this morning good morning Good morning, Lee. How are you guys doing? Very, very well. Of course, we're at kind of like the off season, but getting ready for the season. We got the SEC media days coming up in a couple of weeks in Nashville. So I saw where this Alabama quarterback commit, Jalen uh, Saylor, has upgraded to a five-star. So tell me, how did you know? There's always been that thing about the Bama bump, but how did how does this happen? Who who projects him from four to five? Well, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, the way these recruiting services kind of operate. You know, they adjust their rankings uh, as they, you know, gain more knowledge and see a guy develop, you know, over the course of time. And obviously, Julian Sayans, a guy that was very highly rated uh, to begin with. And then, you know, kind of the things that he's done, uh, I think, over the offseason, the camps he's been involved in. You mentioned the MVP award that he won at the Elite 11. you know, Lee, I, I think, you know, personally I saw, I think ESPN has him ranked the number third, number three prospect in the country. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's legitimately uh, a guy that could be considered by the end of this process the number one player in the country, Julian Sayan. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens, but certainly an outstanding player at a, at a high-priority position. Do you think that they'll also go after another quarterback for the class of 2024? Or do you think because Salen has very verbally committed that other quarterbacks would not want to attend Alabama? Well, you know, again, I I don't see that right now. But here's the thing you have to keep in mind. The way these quarterbacks are nowadays, the transfer portal that you have, I mean, you've got right now, you've got five guys here. Uh, you know, it depends. Uh, that rim could clear out really quickly if, if a guy doesn't think he's gonna, got a great opportunity in, in terms of his future here. So I would not think so at this point. But then again, like I said, we don't know what's come November, December, uh, what these guys might be thinking in terms of their future that are already here. So uh, never say never. You know, putting the cart way before the horse, Ryan Williams at Sarah Land, he's, as you know, verbally committed to Alabama for, what, 2025? I think Correct. I saw somewhere where he was ranked, what, two or three nationally in the class. Do you know who's number one in that 2025 class? You know what? I, 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 I'm not even sure that there is a consensus number one, to be honest with you, and I, I don't. I haven't even really looked at those rankings. And, uh, you know, like I said, even in this uh, – you know, you can look at this class right now, and, and a lot of people consider Dylan Rayola, the quarterback commitment to Georgia, uh, as the number one overall prospect in this class, the 2024 class. 
which I really think, to me, if I'm looking at it honestly and unbiasedly, uh, I think that Julian Sayan is at least as, as a high quality of a prospect. Uh, and then you you look at another. The ESPN has a has another guy ranked number one, Ellis Robinson, who's at the corner committed to Georgia. So it, it's all speculative, uh, Lee. Uh, but uh, it's, I, I guess it's just fun to follow. It is. It really is, and it's fun to talk about it because you don't know what's going to happen years from now. And as we talked to Rodney or a tighter insider, in fact, we ran the story what a, a while back and even talked to Mark Freeman about his eighth-grade quarterback, soon to be a ninth-grader, already getting an offer yes. from Alabama. Yes. Yeah, Trent Seaborn. Yeah, he's a he's an incredible story because, I, I mean, hey, you guys have been following this a long time, too. I mean, how many times have you seen an eighth grader step in and lead his team to a state championship on any level? I mean, I'm talking about, you know, uh, on the varsity level, but but on a classification, the highest classification in the state of Alabama. It's pretty phenomenal, you know, what he did. Of course, he had a lot of great players around him, but uh, yeah, he's a, he's a he's a guy that's a real talent. And you've got a guy right down there in your area. You mentioned Ryan Williams, but KJ Lacey's a pretty phenomenal prospect himself. For the future, of course, he committed to Texas. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's how firm that'll be, but uh, he's a pretty phenomenal prospect in his own right. Yeah, and they each have two more years to go at Sherilyn. I think that's going to be fascinating because I'm not sure if Lacey can talk Ryan Williams into going to Texas or Williams talk Lacey and maybe going to Alabama. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, something uh, I think that certainly uh, – you know, a guy of K.J. Lacey's magnitude, a guy of his, uh, in terms of his stature as a prospect and his abilities, uh, you know, you'd certainly hope that uh, Ryan Williams would win that one. Rodney Orr joining us. Uh, looking at the incoming freshman class, do you see anybody coming in that you think will contribute and make an impact early on in the season? Well, uh, you know, Lee, I really think it all starts uh, in that regard with um, Caleb Downs, the safety uh, out of Georgia, who was the number one safety in the country. A lot of people, quite honestly, thought that the only reason he wasn't the number one player in last year's class was because they weren't going to name a safety. Uh, you know, obviously, Arch Manning was the consensus number one, but a lot of people felt like the true best player in the country, or certainly one of the top three or four was Caleb Downs, and I think you'll see him. I, I won't be surprised if he starts day one. Uh, Justice Haynes at running back is another guy out of the state of Georgia. Might have been the number one back in the uh, country last year, certainly one of the top two or three. Uh, I, I think you've got a good chance that, that he could. he's going to get some carries very early, very quickly, make a strong contribution. I think Caden Proctor at left tackle possibly. I think Caden, if if he gets his weight down and he's he's in shape, ready to go, he he could challenge to start right off the bat. You know, he's, Elijah Pritchett's the uh, redshirt freshman that he'll be battling at left tackle. I think a junior college player to watch, obviously, is Malik Benson at wide receiver. I mean, we've we've talked about him. He could be a real difference maker. You know, there's some guys on the defensive side too. Other guys besides uh, Caleb Downs that could could possibly, you know, make a contribution. James Smith on the defensive line, certainly. Uh, but uh, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, how many of these guys from that number one class can make a quick contribution. Rodney Orr talking Alabama football. So in a couple of weeks when Nick Saban takes the podium at the uh, SEC Media Days in Nashville, I'm sure the name of Tyler Buckner 
will come up. Yeah. Rodney, from everything you're hearing, uh, do you see him as the starting quarterback, or do you have reservations about this, or do you have any thoughts as to how this thing's going to play out? Well, I think you just hit the nail on the head. It's got to play out. Uh, I mean, again, I, I, you know, we could sit here and make projections, uh, which is what we like to do. Uh, but the, the bottom line is, you know, what, what's going to happen once August camp starts? And, and it's kind of unpredictable, to be honest with you. I think, you know, if you just break them down, I mean, obviously, uh, Jalen Milrose is an extraordinarily gifted athlete. He's an incredible athlete, and he's got a good arm. If he can consistently make throws accurately, you know, challenge defenses with the passing game, distribute the ball, hang in the pocket, all of those things that, that uh, he needs to do, I mean, he's 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 going to certainly be a major challenger for the job. Uh, Ty Simpson, I think Ty is extraordinarily gifted. I really do. I think he's got all the tools. Like I've been saying for for months, you know, the question is sometimes a guy has to develop in terms of as a player maturity, uh, and I think that's where Ty is. As far as Buckner's concerned, I think he's an extraordinarily gifted kid too. I mean, a real dual threat guy had 81 uh, contributed 81 touchdowns his junior year in high school. The big thing with him, Lee, has been the injuries. He had some in high school. He had some at Notre Dame. But uh, he's a really gifted runner, but he's also – he's got an arm. He's a really talented passer. I think it's just, you know, time, experience for him that, that uh, you know, hopefully he'll, he'll gain some confidence in all this camp, and, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. And I wondered, too, about the other quarterbacks, knowing that Buckner was coached by Reese at Notre Dame, and if that gives him a, a, an upper hand in getting that job. You know, uh, here's the bottom line, I think, Lee, is with Nick Saban, I would say no. Uh, I mean, he's still got to go out there and prove it and do it and grab the job, take the bull by the horns, as they say. I mean, so ultimately, uh, there is a connection there that I agree with you on, uh, that, that it, it, it certainly means something in terms of the familiarity with each other. And it, it, it says something, though, that Alabama would go out after spring practice. And Nick Saban said this, Lee, and I think a lot of people are missing this. He said, we wanted to give our guys here a fair opportunity to win the job. And basically, the second part of that that he didn't say is nobody won the job. So we, we're going out, we're getting a guy that we think could be the guy. And it's not just a throw-in. I think they think Tyler Buckner has a chance to be uh, the starting quarterback for Alabama. And, and uh, But again, he has to go out and, and, and take it. Where does the uh, Alabama recruiting class for 2024 now stand? Well, they have nine commitments. I mean, uh, they're doing really well, I think, in terms of if you look at the player uh, rankings, uh, they're, they're, they're highest in the country in terms of the guys they've got. Now, there's other schools. Georgia, for example, has double or more commitments right now, but this isn't unusual. Alabama probably go on a streak here in, in July and get some guys. I think possibly tomorrow uh, they could get a kid out of Tampa Catholic, a, a really talented athlete uh, that's expected to be in the secondary, could play corner, could play a lot of spots. Jameer Grimsley, I think uh, Casey Poe is one of the top interior, maybe the number one interior offensive lineman in the country from Lindell, Texas. He'll commit in, on July the 12th. Uh, he, he's uh, highly, highly projected 
to pick Alabama over Auburn, Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, and, and, and several others. Um, so, uh, and then there's other guys. There's some tight end, a top-notch tight end, uh, Caleb Odom, who's the guy that's going to commit next month. I, I, I would say Alabama certainly very strongly in the mix there. Uh, they're they're still in on the two top five stars from Buford, Georgia, defensive lineman Edric Houston, who I think it's Alabama and Ohio State uh, there right now. Although I don't count out Clemson and and Georgia still in the mix as well. Um, and then his teammate, five star safety KJ Bolden, who had an extraordinary visit to Alabama. Uh, I know his mother loves it. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed the visit. Uh, Alabama's right there with Ohio State and Georgia. And the question is, I mean, you know Kirby Smart doesn't want to be embarrassed again like he was last year with Caleb Downs. So it might be a little more difficult to pull K.J. out. Peyton Woodyard is a a, a highly regarded four-star safety out of California that's committed to Georgia, was here this past weekend. Keep an eye on him. He could eventually flip. He's got a lot of connections to the state of Alabama. In fact, I think he even has some family that uh, is originally from the Mobile area, Lee. So, um, you know, those are some of the guys. Alabama's going to get good enough players. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that, that they'll have another really good class. Rodney, great stuff. We appreciate you coming aboard here on this Friday edition. Tell folks how they can continue to follow all things Alabama as we get ramped up for SEC Media Days. Well, it's tighterinsider.com. It's only $48 a year, and you can get instant access with your credit card or if you prefer. There is an address there to send a check, and that gives you all of our premium information. We're going to have some recruiting rundowns coming up over the next few days. And then also, it's our all-sports forum. That's our community of Alabama fans. I mean, it's a wide variety of discussion there on tighterinsider.com, and it's, it's nonstop. Hey, man, have a great weekend. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it, guys. Take care. Yep. Uh, scoreboard, traffic, and weather are next. Continue with your comments at WNSP.com. Lindy Davis set for 7.30 here as we uh, celebrate Hollywood's most famous scores as Indiana Jones is back in the theaters. Uh, you can hit us up with your favorites. We've been playing them most of the morning, and we'll continue to do so. Also, did you see what was going on in Seoul, Korea? A five guys opened up. People camped out overnight for more than 12 hours and then they were scalping burgers I'd say only in America except you know what it wasn't America I love stories like that stay with us right here on the sports station WNSP Hi this is Saran Stacy. you're listening to WNSP 105.5 Back in the opening kickoff, Mark Lee and Triple G in the studios. As we look down the road to July 4th, we bring in Alec Naiman, Naiman's Catering. And Alex, first of all, good morning. Thanks for joining us. And what's the perfect July 4th grilling? Hey, guys. Uh, have a happy 4th of July weekend. Uh, I guess it's going to be 100 degrees between now and then. So uh, grilling's going to be tough, but man, might as well do it. Listen, I love to throw some either some sirloin steaks or or cut them up into kebabs and throw some kebabs on there. Of course, got to have a little chicken for the kids. But my most favorite thing to make is my watermelon and 
and whipped feta cheese salad. I love this watermelon salad. So I always add that to my 4th of July. I, mean, I like to grill some corn, you know, all this kind of put some sausage on the grill, all that kind of stuff. It's really, really good. We, we, we've, got, we've got some ribs and butts that we're providing folks that don't want to get out in this heat and cook. And we just, it's a heat and serve. We've got them already smoked up. All you do is heat them up in the oven. Got potato salad, pasta salad. Got some mac and cheese, baked beans. Just call us. You can pick it up on Monday. Have make your life easy on Tuesday. Fourth of July. We call it the Fourth of July Easy Celebration. That's what we call it. Are you a hot dog <laughs> I think guy? I got some gumbo too. Are you a hot dog guy, Alec? Yeah, I love hot dogs. I'm a Matlock kind of guy. You know, I love a good hot dog. Yeah. Uh, sir, there were 12, uh, there was a 12 hour wait. People waited overnight in Seoul, Korea for the five guys to open up and then they scalped the burgers. They bought, they bought multiple burgers to sell to other people for twice the price. What, what? <laughs> I was going to ask you your reaction, but I think you just gave it to me. Don't get real hamburger meat over there. They probably get something else in most cases, but, uh. Sounds like a plan. Hey, Alec, uh, how can people get in touch with you? Is it too late for Fourth of July festivities? No, better call us today. We can, you know, we can have you ready to pick up on Monday because we're gonna close on Tuesday. So call us at four seven three thirty nine hundred. Look us up on the web at damonscatering.com where all our menus are. Of course, follow us on Facebook because we like that kind of stuff. And uh, y'all just have a great, safe weekend. It's so hot, just. Just uh, burn the air condition, uh, you know what I mean. And uh, I go sit in the car sometimes and run the air condition under in the shade, of course. But, hey, y'all, y'all have a great weekend. Happy Fourth of July, and uh, remember the reason we're gonna celebrate our independence. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Alec. Thanks, guys. All right, uh, Lindy Davis joins us next. Uh, we'll preview uh, all of college football, specifically the SEC and Alabama and Auburn. Uh, continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com as we tip the cap to Hollywood's uh, best, most memorable original scores right here on the sports station, WNSP. or something I'm pretty sure they did it's like a mac and cheese commercial or something turn turn your mic on a boy 
don't destroy it for me. Come on. I don't destroy your we, Rockies or your Henry Mancini. One who, of the best. Who out there listening right now would put that Magnificent Seven, that theme among your top, other than Lee, who's raising his hand right now, in your top 10? You just don't know. I mean, oh, I know. We talk, we, no, we talk about going to the movies and the experience. I think I was probably eight or nine. We're up in Vermont. We're on a skiing trip. And my parents took me to the Magnificent Seven in this very small theater. And then that, that song comes. I mean, there's this, like, Hoosiers really captivated me. Magnificent Seven. Even the Indiana Jones. I love that theme to that. But there's just certain, you just relate to it. And then, of course, as you know, there was, what, five more Magnificent Sevens that came after that? So there was a, what was it Magnificent Seven Part Five? or I didn't, I didn't see the sequels. What? Did not watch the sequels. Uh, Lindy Davis joins us here on WNSP. Lindy, what, what's your favorite Hollywood score? We're celebrating Hollywood scores because, obviously, as you know, Indiana Jones is back out on the silver screen. Lee's clearly his Magnificent Seven. Uh, I, I can think of probably 10 or 12 better, but you got a favorite? The Godfather. Ooh, he didn't even hesitate. No, man he didn't. Just, man at, just came out with it. That's why he's so good at what he does. Yeah. So Lindy, Lindy Davis magazines. Are they out on the uh, market right now, Lindy? Yes, sir. They're out uh, pretty much everywhere. Uh, Publix, uh, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, wherever you want, wherever you buy your magazines, they're out. Yes, they are. Every year we have you on, it seems like, and we start out. What do you, do you got? Alabama versus Georgia at the end. Yeah, uh, obviously Georgia's a no-brainer in the East. Uh, you can make a case for LSU in the West. They got uh, Jane Daniels, quarterback, back. We've got him first-team all-conference. Alabama's looking for a quarterback, so give them an advantage there. But Alabama still has a better roster overall, we think, than LSU. LSU has to come to Tuscaloosa. So, yeah, Alabama Alabama in the West, but LSU with a, a pretty close second. You're not the first person to mention LSU. I've seen some of the uh, national writers saying that this could be LSU's year. Is it just because of Jaden Daniels or just because of the momentum that LSU's cranked up last year? Well, Brian Kelly is an outstanding football coach. He's one of the top, in my opinion, top five or so coaches in America, and he's recruiting well. You know, he had a very good recruiting year. He's done well in the portal. Got a quarterback back. Uh, He's got, uh, you know, he's got. They got a transfer spice from from uh, Oregon, Oregon State. I forget. He's one of. The, he's from the West Coast. He's all conference. We got him. Newcomer of the year. Uh, they've got. They've got talent. There's no question about it. And, and Kelly can coach them up. I don't think they quite have Alabama's roster yet uh, overall. And um, so we give Alabama edge. But no, LSU's got good talent. They've got a proven quarterback. They've always got great wide receivers. You know, that's kind of their tradition. They, they have a lot of great, great wide receivers. And so they're a legitimate national team this year. So, Lindy, in, in your opinion, other than the quarterback position at Alabama, what's your, which, what's your major concern? Which group is your major concern for Alabama going into the season? You know, they lost a lot in the secondary, so got some new guys back there, but they got this Downs kid, a freshman who everybody says is going to be, you know, they're comparing him to Mika Fitzpatrick. They just, that's probably the great next great Alabama defensive back. So I think they'll be okay there back there. I think the, the offensive line, Alabama, to be Alabama, has got to get back where they control the line of scrimmage 
last two years, they threw it all over the lot, and they were exciting with Bryce Young. They were fun to watch. But when they needed to make a yard, they couldn't always make it. They really didn't control the line of scrimmage like traditionally Nick Saban's teams have done. So I'm looking to the offensive line. Can they control the offense? Can they, can they go back to Alabama football where they control the line of scrimmage and, and make yards on the ground? And I think that's what they're going for. I know Alabama's going to be more physical this year. That's their goal. And I really think what, that's what they're going to be, more of a play-action team rather than throw it all over the lot. Probably run first, pass second. So Auburn I would fa- say the offensive line, probably. Lindy Davis joining us. Auburn fans obviously very excited about Hugh Freeze. They're gobbling up season tickets. There's less than 300 that are available. What do you see this year from the Auburn Tigers? Auburn is the most difficult team in America to predict. Uh, I would say they've had such so many changes. Coaching staff, transfer portal, uh, just a new quarterback. I think I think Hugh Freeze has done an incredible job the time he's been there. He took a he took a, a, a recruiting that looked like a disaster when he took over. They finished 18th in the country. He's done well in the portal. This Thorn kid from Michigan State, I think, will be the quarterback. He's thrown for about 5,000 yards and 49 touchdowns. Uh, I think they will be much better. I think they will be a tough out. Uh, I, you know, he's just done a terrific job. Exactly where they'll land, as I said, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. It's really hard to predict. We've got them next to last in the conference. If they do a couple of spots better than that, wouldn't surprise me at all. You freeze can coach him up. He's doing a great job, and uh, we'll see where they we'll see where they land. But a lot of enthusiasm. He's got the fan base united, and um, but you know it, it, it's going for Auburn to compete for a championship. They're not there yet. I'm not trying to say that, but they're on the right track. The fan base is excited, and they should be because they're 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 going in the right direction. And you're right. The fan base is very excited, and uh, I expect big things from Auburn and Hugh Freeze in the future. Uh, Lindy, we we sit here and we talk about the upcoming SEC uh, slate. What what's the what are the top two or three biggest storylines in the conference as it relates to this upcoming season? Well, the biggest storyline is can Georgia three peat? It's never been done in the bowl era. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, in the, in the AP era, uh, Minnesota did it in the 30s before we had the official AP poll in 1936. No one has has won three straight titles, so that's the biggest story. They're the favorite. You know, that's that's without a that's in my without a question the biggest storyline. Can they can they become from the first team in history to three P? Tennessee, are they really back? Uh, Milton. You know, is their new quarterback? Can he get it done, or was, or are they a flash in the pan? Was that a one-year, one-year wonder? Are they really back among the elite? I think that's a storyline. Alabama's always a storyline. Can Nick Saban win another national title? Or a lot of people are saying, you know, they're, they're, they're you know, that the, the dynasty is over. Well, we'll see. Uh, they hadn't won a title in two years, so I know that's that's a, that's a long drought. But. Uh, so I think those are the biggest storylines. Is Alabama still a team that can win a national title? Is, is Tennessee really back? But the biggest storyline is Georgia, without question. You know they're going, they're trying to make history, and their schedule sets up beautifully, as you guys, I'm sure know. They they they're probably ten and zero. It looks like they'll be ten and zero before they go to Knoxville. Talking with Lindy Davis, Lindy, a chance to talk about the magazine. What are, we know about, you know, predictions, who's going to finish here and there. What about a feature or two in the magazine? What's special this year? 
Well, I've kind of already given it away. Uh, Georgia, we've got a great story on Georgia's quest to three-peat. And then we look at all the teams that have had a chance to do that before. Minnesota in 40 and 41, Alabama has had more chances than anybody. They've had three chances from three-peat, 64, 65. Uh, 78, 79, 11, 12, USC's had a couple of chances, Nebraska a couple of chances, Texas one time, they won in 69, 70. So we look at the history of that. Deion Sanders is a huge story, uh, as you guys know, at Colorado and what he's done or what he's trying to do out there. We've got a great feature on Hugh Freeze for all the Auburn fans. We look at the different coaches at Auburn, the history of Auburn, and what Hugh Freeze is trying to do. Uh, so, got a story on Bobby Petrino and the tepid Texas A&M offense. Can he turn that around? And that's it's, it's, it's a dynamic within itself with Jimbo Fisher yeah. and those two guys even coexist together. So, we'll see. So, those are some of the, some of the features this year. All right, Lindy, let me ask you this. We talk about teams to look out for. What about teams that could really be on the downside this year in the SEC? Uh, you you mentioned Auburn's hard to predict, but what about a team that you don't see doing much this year? Wow, that's a, that's a good one. I think South Carolina is a team that everybody is, uh, think is on, you know, think, thinks is moving up. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I really question of whether that's 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 the case. Rattler had two or three you know, they had had two good games two fantastic games at the end of the year. Uh, uh, as they beat uh, Tennessee and and Clemson. I'm not sure really that they have the team to you know, to we've got them third in the conference, but I'm in, in the East, excuse me. I'm not really sure that they're there. Ole Miss, Lane Kevin gets a lot of ink. Uh he calls himself the transfer portal king. I, I, I'm not sure that, that, that they are a national team like a lot of people think they are. Arkansas will be another team that's kind of hit and miss that their whole season is depending on Jefferson having a good year, in my opinion. So those will be some teams that uh, are predicted to do pretty well, but they could fall on their face. Guys, as you know, sometimes the season comes comes down to a few plays. You know, does the, does the quarterback make, make the pass? or Does the receiver make the catch? Does the kicker make the kick? So there's a fine line between winning and losing. But those are kind of some of the things I would say are on the bubble. Texas A&M, you could throw in there too with Jimbo. And where are they? Are they are they coming? Are they going like? Are they come back? Or are they, was last year who last year really who they are? We'll see. Do you see Florida making a comeback this year? No, I do not. They don't have the roster. Uh, they didn't recruit that well. They finished 14th uh, in the country. That's not good enough in the SEC. I don't see it this year. Napier's gotten a couple of big commitments lately, uh, so maybe he's getting the recruiting turned around. But 14th in the nation, well, we won't get excuse me, yeah, won't get it done when you're competing against Alabama, Auburn, excuse me, you know, Alabama, Auburn, uh, Georgia. So I don't think they have the roster that they, they don't have a proven quarterback. They've got the kid transferring from Wisconsin. He's pretty average up there, though. So, no, I, I see a long year for the Gators this year. Lindy Davis, so let me ask you this. If you had a choice to attend one of these two games, as I look to non-conference games, would you rather be at the LSU-Florida State opener or the second week Alabama-Texas? Uh, I'd rather be at Alabama-Texas. Uh, I think that's, you know, it's, Texas is really one of the teams in the country. We've got them in the top ten. Uh, we may have them too high. They're trying to establish their, themselves as a national power again. Uh, I, 
I, you could go either way there, but I, I think I think Alabama Texas has a little more cachet from a national standpoint. I would say so. I'm, I'm going to go Alabama Texas. Both should be outstanding games early in the season. All right, let me ask you this then: Who are the top four teams you have in your magazine? Because that's what we look for for the college football playoff format. Now, who do you have as the top four? Sure, Georgia is everybody's number one. That's a no-brainer. We've got Michigan too. This on paper, without question, is Harbaugh's best team. They have uh, most of their team coming back. Corn, All-American running back, would have gone pro. He got hurt. He's coming back. The quarterback's back. They they won the Joe Moore Award last two years, best offensive line. Guess what? They're going to have the best offensive line again. They have like three stud offensive line transfers coming in. Ohio State has probably more top-level six. They've got potentially six first-round picks next year in the draft. Uh, they're loaded at the skill positions. Don't have a proven quarterback. Their defense has not been championship talented. They have not played at a championship level for several years now. They've got them third, Alabama fourth. So there's, there's your top four. I think they're in a different category, a little bit different category from everybody else in the country. I would predict one of those four teams will be your national. So I got, I got this one question. So because, and, and like anybody else, Linda, you know, you, you always look to the quarterbacks, but yet Georgia doesn't have a returning quarterback. Does that not lend itself to maybe that they're not going to be quite as good because they don't have a Stetson Ben? They don't have a guy that's uh, been done that and done that. Well, no doubt about it. Uh, Carson Beck's been there about three years though, and he was highly regarded. He, he's, 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 you know, he. You got to have a quarterback, no question. He's pretty unproven. Alabama doesn't have a quarterback going into the season, so somebody's got to step up for Georgia. Somebody's got to step up for Alabama. Somebody's got to step up for Ohio State. Michigan is only one of those four that has a proven quarterback. So, but they're loaded everywhere else, and they're like Alabama. You know, they they reload. They they've got talent everywhere else. So yes, but they don't have to have they don't have to have a quarterback to be a world beater. They 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 have a quarterback to who can kind of make some plays, of course. Got to have, but but don't get you beat. They've got great defense. They'll run the football. That's their that's their mo. So they don't have to have all American quarterback. I don't think Alabama has to have all American quarterback. But you got to have a quarterback that can make some plays. Don't get you beat. So no question, Georgia Georgia's got that. Beck's got to step up. They've got a couple other guys that are in the system that are highly recruited. So it's not like they don't have some good candidates. Lindy, thank you so much for coming on, man. Have a great 4th of July weekend. Tell everybody quickly how they can get the uh, magazine one more time. They can get it at the newsstand, uh, Publix, or Barnes & Noble, uh, wherever magazines are sold. They can come to our website, lindysports.com, and order it, or they can call our office, 205-871-1182. Always great to catch up with you, sir. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, guys. Take care. All right, so, uh, Lee, uh, before we go to break, I knew I heard that song somewhere. That 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 the one that you claim to be one of the greatest movie scores of all time. Here's where I heard it. Take a listen. You can have a great beef dinner in no time at all. Well, almost no time at all. Beef. It's what's for dinner. I love that guy's voice. Who is the voice? Uh, that I don't know. But He's it was good. a they used it in a beef commercial. And and uh, thanks to one of our listeners out there who, because I, I I said I know I've heard that in something, and there it was. Beef. It's what's for dinner. Lee's favorite original movie score is actually nothing more than a commercial for beef. Must be magnificent food then. I see what you did there. When we come back, uh, John Ricchetti is going to join us, our Millite Golf Report. Captain Munderland scheduled to join us um, 
at uh, top of hour number three, Jake Crane. I know he's going to want to get into our favorite Hollywood score um, conversation. There have been some good ones. Uh, continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. It's the opening kickoff on a Friday edition. Stay with us. Hi, this is Bo Manning, my co-producer of Training Days, Rolling with the Tide. You're listening to WNSP 105.5 Mobile. Well, it's an oldie where I come from. All right, guys, uh, listen, this is the Blues Riff and B. Watch me for the changes and try and keep up, okay? Hollywood scores. No, this isn't a Hollywood score, but this is the version of your song or John's song. John's song. From one of the movies that has one of the best Hollywood scores ever. So how about that? The better version. I don't know if fans of Chuck Berry would agree with you, but it's a good version. How's yeah, I mean, that? It's, it's, a good I mean version. it's no beef commercial, but, you know, whatever. Can't beat beef. Beef up the show. All right, let's talk to John Ricchetti with the Miller Lite Golf Report. Good morning, Johnny. How are you today? I'm doing fine, doing fine on a gorgeous uh, Friday today, and uh, hopefully this, uh, I know it's hot out there for all us golfers out there, but please, golf, whoever's out there playing golf, please be hydrated, drink plenty of fluids, as uh, it is going to be hot, another scorcher, but uh, I told somebody yesterday, Mark and Lee, that I'd rather, I'd rather fight the heat than I would the thunderstorms as far as golfing goes, because I know at least you can, at least you'll sweat, but at least you can get the round in. Well, that's a good way to start this, your segment. <laughs> What's going on on the links? <laughs> Thanks for the weather report, Johnny. I tell you, got to. It's hot out there, guys. But uh, PJ Tour, speaking of hot, uh, the Rocket Mortgage in in Detroit at Detroit Country Club, that uh, scoring is hot. It is low, low scoring. Taylor Moore is on the course. He's one under par. He's at nine under par. Dylan Wu at eight under par. Slew of players at eight under par. It looks like the cut's going to be somewhere around four under par. As, as I mentioned, they're they're shooting some really low scores out there. And I know T- Tony Finau said earlier in the week that he predicted that it's possibly going to take somewhere around 30 under par to win the Rocket Mortgage this week. Ricky Fowler can, continues his solid play at five under par. Mobile's Robbie Shelton, solid round at four under par. He's set to tee off this morning somewhere around noon today. So hopefully he can uh, go ahead and Justin Thomas uh, continues to struggle on the PJ Tours. He, he's outside the top 70 in the FedEx Cup, outside the Ryder Cup standings also, too. So that's going to be hopefully he can turn his game around. And as uh, you know, the Ryder Cup will be in September and just a month or so, six weeks or so left until all the uh, points, standings and so forth will conclude. So. Uh, I know Zach Johnson's going to have a tough decision with Justin Thomas, who's been a stalwart on that Ryder Cup team for a long, long time. The U.S. Senior Open going on in Wisconsin. On it. Speaking of uh, tougher conditions there, he's lead. Rod Pamplin is your leader at three under par. And I don't know if anybody had a chance to watch the match yesterday, uh, but uh, 
uh, Mahomes and uh, Kelsey ended up de- defeating Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson yesterday. As the Live Golf plays in Spain, they're underway in Spain, and that as Live Golf kicks off, Phil Mickelson very vocal regarding the match, saying that he cannot understand why a golfer would not be a professional golfer would not be in the match. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that story. But other than that, hopefully everybody has a great weekend. Be safe. Drink plenty of uh, liquids, and please don't drink and drive. We'll talk to everybody on Monday. Thank you, John. Have a great weekend. Uh, I can I can tell you why there's no professional golfer because not that there aren't any personalities in the game of golf, but that event is all about the personalities and hoping hoping that those personalities can play golf. But it did start out like that sure. where they did have the professional sure. golfers in. Don't don't you think at the time I think Tiger Woods was in, and obviously that that drives the meter up. Of course, but it's because it's Tiger Woods, and but then what I think what you also saw is there, there's. There's a reason why Charles Barkley is out there as an analyst. There, there's a reason why these guys are getting in there. And so now they're kind of pairing teammates, and I think you can go a different direction, right? There's a reason Peyton Manning's out there. It's all about the personalities, and if they can play golf, even better, right? So they're finding personalities that can play golf. I love it. I love the match. I didn't watch any of it because, well, to be honest with you, I completely forgot it was on. That's what I was going to ask you. You even wrote about it, right? And you didn't know it was on. Yeah, well. Uh, you wrote about it and didn't know it was on. How does that make sense? Well, it's the world of social media. I mean, I could I could see that that uh, on Twitter uh, that Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal Shaq challenged Charles Barkley to a putting contest. That's, that's must-see TV right there. What? Let me ask you this, because I I didn't I wouldn't watch it even if it, if I knew where where to find it. Where was it on? What TNT? Station? Oh, it was on TNT. Yeah. Because I saw I guess it was in your story what Sling or one of these crazy little. Uh, well, you can stream it. All right. For those that don't have or like on your phone right there, believe it or not. Well, you why would I want to watch Mahomes play golf? Football, yes. Golf could care less. Because it, it's not about the golf as much as it is the trash talk ah. potentially. Uh, the the uh, the competition between like it doesn't it doesn't interest you to see a a foot uh, two football teammates Absolutely take on a couple not. of basketball teammates in a different sport. Now I would rather see if you had a professional golf like a Tiger Woods playing with one of them. That would interest me. We know that guy's going to be good. We want to see an athlete perform in a on but a different I wanna stage. But I want to see a a really good golfer with a, an athlete who's not obviously as good and how they relate to one another. Eh. Well, I mean Kelsey and Mahomes, who cares? Uh, you know. But do you think like Tiger, there was ever a chance that Tiger or Phil were going to get mad at whoever uh, Peyton or, or or Brady for missing a putt no, on national television? Not with, not with the so money. Had, of course, they're not with the react. money they're getting. They're going to coach them up. Do and those all that guys get paid? To do this, that match, or do they play? For, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they don't pay the right fees to play on that golf course. <laughs> do they play the whole 18? Uh, I think so. All right. So here, here, here you're ballyhooing. Oh, yeah, this is a great match, and you didn't even watch it. Well, I didn't know it was on. But, but I you wrote it. about it. How could oh you my. not? Do you just do you not listen? You I wrote al.com. I, I'm not disputing that fact. Well then, if you don't know, how do we know? How do I know what? To watch it if you don't even know. After you actually talked. I'm Did not I report about here's when it's on? In your story? Yeah. No, you, I didn't. I reported where to find it while it was going on. But my story came from a tweet where there was video that showed Shaq 
challenging Charles Barkley to a putting contest. And here I thought you were such a great investigative reporter. Oh, my goodness. So what'd you watch instead? <sighs> Rocky movies? Well, according to you, that would be better. Because it was a professional boxer. Albeit fictitious. Ay, ay, ay. Tell you what, Mark. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark and Lee. Okay, 804, welcome in, our number, there it is, kept waiting for it, you know that one, they didn't use that one in a beef commercially, Bond, Bond, <laughs> Damn. are they still doing, yeah, I think they're doing another Bond, they're, they're supposed to be casting a new uh, a new James Bond after the Daniel right. Craig series, so. he did he still, did he make it out, I did watch the last one, did he make it or not, that place blew up? Is he still around? Uh, I'm not. Or do we have to have a new Bond? Uh, I don't want to give him any. I don't want to give away the ending. But if Go you ahead. saw it, if Go you ahead. saw it, then it didn't look good. You would know the answer to that. So uh, we digress. You guys, by the way, we're playing best uh, or your favorite Hollywood scores uh, as Indiana Jones hits the silver screen today. Uh, our next guest here on WNSP, Captain Munnerlin, he joins us here. Cap, you got a you got a favorite movie, uh, Hollywood score, a favorite theme song? Uh, not really, man. You know, I'm a simple guy, so I don't have no favorites. I got a lot of things that I just like. So, <laughs> what's going on with you these days? I mean, I've been chilling, man, up here in Charlotte, coaching football, man. Um, I got to stay around the game. I love the game, so uh, I retired like a couple years ago, and. You know, made Charlotte my home, so I'm up here coaching high school football, man. I'm loving it. What uh, position do they have? Cornerbacks, defensive backs, or are you a head coach? Yeah. No, I got a defensive back. Uh, that was my first rodeo, so um, I started off as a defensive back coach. And at first, I was a little shaky about it. You know, I didn't think I was going to like it uh, because I'm just so used to just, you know, playing the game, playing the game. Coaching is different, so. Um, I went out there for a couple of days, and I was like, oh, shoot. I called Coach Lee, and I was like, Coach Lee, I really like this. He's like, man, I've been telling you he was going to like it. You know, you just, you're a great player. You was a great player. You're a great team. It'll be easy for you. It was an easy transition. And uh, it still bring out the competitive heads of me. You know, I go out there, I'm competing, you know, with the other coach, you know, with the receiver coach and stuff like that. Man. <laughs> it's just fun, man. It's fun to be around the game. I'm assuming your heart's still in the the game of football. Maybe Carolina. What's the uh, your reaction to Bryce Young coming in? I love the pick. You know, I love the pick. Um, I actually went over there a couple times already. Um, I love the pick. I think he's a great football player. Uh, we just got to protect him. And on on defense, man, we got to stop a lot of people from scoring. So 
I, I'm predicting that we do win the NFC South. Uh, don't get mad at me, Mark. Yeah, watch your mouth on this okay. show now. Come on, Cap. <laughs> I think we do win the NFC South. Um, I think we, we got the pieces around him to help him, especially offense. Uh, the coaching staff is, you know, it's pretty cool. Um, they got Frank Wright, who started here. Um, the first quarterback to ever play, you know, in Carolina. So, um, it's a great, it's some great history there. And I, I like where the coaching staff is going. And I think they got some pieces around them that can help them win. Talking with Captain Munderland, the former Murphy, great, went to South Carolina, left for the NFL. So, what, 10, 10 years in the NFL, Captain? About that? Yeah, man. Yeah, 10, yeah, 10 years, man. Um, played a long career. Um, was less unfortunate. Um, not having no serious injuries and things like that. So, um, it was a great career for me. Are you going to be coming back to Mobile to run a camp like you once did? Yes, yes. Um, I'm actually going to try to do it this year. Uh, COVID kind of stopped it down. Uh, slowed it down a lot for me. Uh, you know, I went 10 years in a row and then COVID hit. So I want to give back to the community like I always do, man. That's something that I promised myself and a lot of people that I always would do no matter what. You know, I would always come back, give a free football camp for the kids down there, let them know, man, anything is possible. You know, look at me. You know, I'm still not the biggest guy in the world, never grows. So, <laughs> so I still want to just show the people down there that, hey, anything is possible, man. You put your mind to it and, uh, you know, you can do it. Do you know that in the next year or two that Murphy High School will be the only local high school without its own playing field? Uh, I assume they'll still play at Ladd, I guess. I don't know. But even Williamson, 200 yards away from Ladd, is getting its own field. Do you realize that, that uh, Murphy's the only yes. school? Yes. And and I, and I when I was down there last, uh, probably uh, like a month ago, and I was I was hearing all that, and I was saying, like, why we can't get it? You know, I understand it's very historical, one of the historical schools in, you know, Alabama. But, you know, um, you know, this new day and age, man, a lot of people getting their own playing field. You know, who who won, who who don't mind having home field advantage? You know, I know we play at LAD. We've been playing at LAD for a while. But ain't nothing like home cooking, man, home field advantage at your own school. Um, and you get the, you know, really tailgate. You get the student section. You get all that, man. So it's a little different. And when I seen Williamson getting their own stadium, I was sitting there like, wow. You know, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, no, those guys really, you know, they had a lot of tradition going to walking the track into the game. And and now, you know, they talk about tradition. And tradition is like, wow, they getting their own playing field, like you said, and they 200, 200 yards away from the stadium. Uh, I think it's a change, man. I think definitely they should, you know, consider Murphy getting their own home field. I, isn't it just because there's no room to put it? Or is there room there? Oh yeah, they got plenty of room, man. Listen, I just went, I went over there um, and trained the guy when I was at home. Um, actually, uh, Ed Gardner. Uh, I trained him when um, I came home not too long ago, and they got plenty of room. You know, I, 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 you know, I don't like. They always say we don't have no room. I think they got plenty of room, plenty of parking spaces. Uh, you, you can make room, man. Um, behind the field house, it's a big old baseball field that we don't even use. You know, so it's like nobody, they don't even go over there and have baseball practice. So I think they got plenty of room. It's just, they just don't want to do it. You know, it's historic. It's mercy. <laughs> Captain Marlin, our guest here on WNSP. So I got to ask, man, so like, are you like first day of practice out there at high school? Are you calling like corner blitzes and safety blitzes? Is, is that what we're doing? <laughs> no, nah, I ain't calling the dogs out yet. You know, I ain't doing that like I did Drew Brees, Mark, you know, send me on the nickel blitz or something like that. But no. Nah, uh, I'm not doing that, man. We just we're trying to work on our own technique, man. The fundamentals of the game, you know, just trying to teach these kids the right way. You know, trying to teach them the right way. 
you know, I got some pretty good kids. They listen. They're coachable. So uh, that's always a plus. But I'm just really just showing them, you know, the right way and um, trying to like this, keep keep them going, man. Keep them going. Trying to get some of these kids to the next level. Do you? We've had this conversation. Philip Rivers, as you know, is a coach down here at St. Michael's Catholic. Now, do you? Did you? Do you feel like? Um, there's like this urge when you get out there to kind of throw in everything that you've learned over the years, but you feel like you have to go, you have to take it step by step. You have to kind of spoon feed them a little bit. You can't be getting out there and running all these complex NFL schemes. Do you try to have to, do you you try to go a little vanilla and you have to remind yourself that these are just kids? Obviously they're a lot more advanced. I'm assuming they're, they know more at this age than we did back in the day. Oh yeah, for sure. You, you try to go in and you try to teach them spoon feed. Like you said, Try to give them, you know, a little sugar here and there, but at the same time, you try to take it slow because you got to realize, like, some of these guys are coming in, they're 14, they're 15 years old, and some guys never played football before. So, you know, I can't have them, you know, going out there thinking they got the same mindset as me, you know, the same IQ of the game as me. So I have to really just, like, sometimes I have to think about, like, oh, let me just coach them on this, you know. I'm like, that was easy. Then I'm like, ah, it was easy for me to do it. You know, I've been playing football for a very long time. I played at the highest level, so I had to realize that sometimes. And, and just know, man, trying to teach you guys step by step. You know, step is like, hey, man, cover three. And they be like, all right, yeah, cover three. Coach, what is cover three? And I'm just saying, I'm like, oh, Lord, have mercy. Let me teach this guy yeah. cover three. You know, uh, instead of me just going out there assuming they know the coverages and stuff like that. So I just really try to break down the coverages and just try to, you know, break it down so they can understand, you know, the concept of what we're trying to do and what kind of routes we're trying to stop. So tell me about the family, the kids. Uh, what are they doing these days? Oh, man, they're getting older, man. They're getting older. They're making me feel old, man. Uh, you know, Cap Jr., he's down there in Mobile. Uh, he's actually, y'all probably be hearing from this guy in a couple of years. He's a beast in football. Uh, he's one of the, he's, he got so much talent, man. And, you know, I'm up here in Charlotte with the rest of my kids. Uh, they just getting bigger and bigger, man, getting old, man. So, um, you know, daddy just being daddy. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm glad somebody in the family's got some football talent then. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where he got it from, Mark, but he, he's pretty good, man. Um, Like I said, he's, he's going into the seventh grade now. Oh, wow. He's about to be 13. And he's, he's I'm, I, I guarantee you, y'all will be talking about him in probably the next, like, three to four years he's that good. And um, I'm just trying to keep pushing him, man, to be the best. He always he thank you better than me already. He say that all the time. I'm better than you, Dad. And I was like, man, you 12. I made it to the <laughs> highest level, but he got the confidence. He got the swag already. So we'll see how that goes. Do you have any connection to uh, the Carolina Panthers now in any way, shape, or form? Are you doing anything for them yes. or with them? Yes. Uh, um, well, I know the coaching staff real well. Um, you know, Deuce Staley, he's a South Carolina guy. Um, and Thomas Brown, his, his son actually – his son is pretty good. He played at the high school that I'm coaching at. And, um, you know, I know those guys I played against, Thomas Brown in college. Um, and then, you know, I still know the owner. And, and, and there's some more people around the organization that still there when I was there. So, um, you know, if I need anything, I can call over, you know, talk to those guys and, you know, come through when I want to and stuff like that. And, it, it, it's, it, man, when you play in the NFL, it's like a fraternity, you know, um, you know, they, they some 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 guys don't like to go back. Some guys do. Uh, but at the same time, we still in that fraternity. We still get the emails from guys and, and stuff like that. So it's it's pretty cool. Do you uh, have much faith that South Carolina's on the right Beamer? <laughs> are they on there? Yes. Are, are they going forward these days? Do you like him yes, down there, yes, Shane I, Beamer? 
Yes, I'm loving it. You know, people don't realize Coach Beamer was my position coach when I was in school. You know, and a lot of people are like, oh, he was there before. I'm like, yes. You know, I was uh, coming off an of all-SEC year. He was my position coach uh, when I was in school, man, my uh, my junior year. And um, I would never forget, man. He he was a young pup in the game at the time. He didn't know nothing about cornerback position. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we laugh and talk. Uh, I just went down there uh, actually last week. Um, I, we went to a 7-on-7 seven seven high school I coach at, and uh, me and him hugged each other, man. I think they're going down the, the right path, and I think he got them going, man. He got he got a good coaching staff around him. And, uh, man, you know, he always been a great special teams coach. And now, man, you know, we got some players down there that can play, and I, I think we're going around the right track. Last year we finished the season very hot. Um, I wish we would have won the bowl game, but we didn't. Uh, but I think he's going, he, he's going the right direction, man. I think Beamer Ball is going to be big this year for us. Captain, uh, it's been a while now. It's, uh, it's, it's, I think, nine years. So we want to give you this opportunity before you come, uh, before we get, let you go to apologize to the football-watching world for the <laughs> violent, unnecessary body slamming of one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history <laughs> when you were a Viking. We kind of meant we referenced it earlier. We want to give you the, the the podium is now yours. Please feel free. I know you you feel bad about it. It was unnecessary, uh, and I feel like it was a it was a it was a slight at me. <laughs> well, I feel like this. He's definitely one of the greatest quarterbacks that ever played the game. You know, I love Drew Brees. I, man, I, I think he's he's a great guy on and off the field, man, and how he played the game was the right way. But uh, Mark Lee, I'm not apologizing. He should have went down. He went go down. <laughs> you know, Drew Brees still trying to get rid of the ball. That sack, I wanted him to go down. I wanted him to go down now. Yeah. He didn't want to go down. <laughs> and it, it, but, hey, they ended, up, <laughs> they ended up winning the game because yeah. of their penalty. So I lost the game for my team. If my teammates out there, I apologize. We lost the game. <laughs> but he didn't want to go down. <laughs> well, and like you said, it's so rare that you got a chance to get to him. Uh, yet you have to make most of the opportunity. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, great, great catching up with you. It's been far too long. We uh, we appreciate the time, and uh, let's do it again. Uh, let's do it again soon. All right. Oh yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Man, I miss you guys. Yep, the feeling is mutual. That's Captain Munnerlin, ladies and gentlemen. Always, uh, always great to have Cap on. Uh, we're gonna do a scoreboard traffic and weather here. Let's see what time it is. Let's see. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. I can think of a million reasons why not, but if you want to. I can think of one reason to do it. it, Okay, what is it? It's sponsored. Is it? All right. We'll take a look at the contract here and see what it stipulates when we come back. Is is there a file cabinet over here with these contracts? If you can find it, good luck. Yeah. All right. Scoreboard, traffic, and weather. Continue on here in the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Stay with us. This is Cornelius Bennett, three-time All-American College Football Hall of Fame, and you're listening to WNSP. Welcome back in the opening kickoff. 
When you were a young lad growing up on the streets of New Orleans. Mm -hmm. The mean streets of New Orleans. Wherever it was. Did you ever... Uh, did you ever uh, have a lemonade stand or anything like that where you sold something out in the front yard? I sure, did. Sure. Yeah. And that's why this story is just mind-boggling to me. An eight-year-old kid in Alabama wanted to go to Disney World, so his mom said, uh, go out there and raise some money, and maybe we can get you to a Disney World. Who, what kid doesn't want to go to Disney World? So he set up a lemonade stand. Uh, his mother encouraged it. Uh, and then they were contacted by the Alabama Labor Department over a complaint that the lemonade stand violated ch child labor laws. Kids got a little stand out there selling lemonade. Now, I, I remember we sold popsicles. I don't remember if we sold lemonade, but they were popsicles my mom would make, and then we'd Oh, she those. made the popsicles. Yes. Oh, you didn't like run out to the store. No, she like, made you know she made them, put them in the ice tray and things like that, and put them on a stick and things like that. What flavors? Yeah. All different kind of flavors. Whatever we had, I don't none that stuck out. Maybe cherry, that was my favorite, but I'm sure we had other flavors too. Luckily, I wasn't uh, cited by the child. How much? Were, how much were you charging for a popsicle? Oh, at least ten dollars. No, I, mean, I have no idea. It's, you took, you took PayPal, Apple Pay, <laughs> yeah, right. Venmo. Yeah. yeah, show me your credit card. Five-year-old kid, yeah, give me your credit card. But this is ridiculous. I can't believe that kids trying to make some money to get to Disney, and then you got the state interfering. My goodness, child labor laws. How many cups of lemonade does a kid have to sell to afford a Disney ticket? Yeah, even even if you sold them, even if you sold them at like five bucks a pop, which would be ridiculous. He'd have to pay to get him there, to get him in the park. Assuming you just went to one of the parks and didn't do any park hopping. Sure. Uh, and then you got to eat. Right? Um, get to Orlando. Yeah. Twenty nine dollars on the flight. <laughs> I'm guessing that it it wasn't <laughs> like his whole trip was. Uh, going to be on raising money just from the lemonade stand. I'm sure the parents were going to help was, out. Mom was going to pay half the trip if he, if he paid sure. for the other half. I'm sure that was going to happen, uh, at least some of it. And, you know, you're, you're right. And a one-day lemonade stand, you're not going to make enough what? for even Why one ride. Why a lemonade stand? Why yeah, is it just okay. known as a lemonade stand? What, what, who, who was the first person that said, you know what, I'm going to make a little money. I'm bored this summer day. Me and the, me and the boys are going to put up a stand. What can we sell? I know lemonade. See, when I was a kid, I sold silly bands. Do you know what that is? I think I do, actually. They're like little rubber bands, but they'd be the shape of a dog or a house or a star. That really is silly. And I'd do 50 cents per silly band, or you'd get four for a dollar. I thought you were going to do, hey, we got a great deal. One for 50 cents, two for a dollar. <laughs> um, Jay Crane is next. It's the opening kickoff right here on the Sports Station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Thirty-two here on. Uh, this has got to be one of the best ones. 
right, we're 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 playing for Indiana Jones tonight and for the weekend. We're playing your best, your, your favorite Hollywood scores. But Back to the Future ranks up there among the top three says, or four. Says you. I, I'm here, the expert, right? Well, I think we have an expert. I think that would definitely want to get in on this conversation. That would be Jake Crane. Jake he, Crane, I, I'm sure, would give us a top three or five. He's uh, an expert on just about anything in the sports I know, and maybe music. He's up in Nashville, and he's going to be hosting the SEC Media Days by himself. Yeah, wow. He's in charge. Hey, that? Jake, how are you this morning? <laughs> I'm I'm doing great, guys. Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be a pretty cool situation there. Thank you. Gave me the uh, the keys to the chocolate factory for a weekend. <laughs> so what what are your what are your favorite Hollywood scores? Oh man, um, God, I would say Star Wars, obviously. Um, you know the the intro there. I would say, man. Can you say the Batman theme song? I mean, that, I would say, um, man, this is tough. There's so many good ones to choose from. I would say, uh, I don't have to think about the last two guys. I don't want to disrespect anybody. The Dark Knight, uh, Christopher Nolan, I think they always do a great job with the scores. And then um, I would say Fifth Element. With wow. Bruce Willis. You remember that movie? Yeah. All right. I'd throw that one in there. Jake, let me ask you, uh, we're sending a crew of four. That's how big it is up to Nashville. Uh, what's going to be special as far as the SEC? Like when we went to Atlanta, there was tours, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They had uh, events there. Uh, they took people to other places. Anything special uh, with uh, having it in Nashville for the first time? Yeah, you get they get to see me. Of well, course, that, of course, of course. Here. No, but uh, in in reality, man, look, Nashville's such a cool place. Um, you know, now it'll be something probably country music themed, if it's anything. Uh, but, I mean, there's so much to do up here. And, and you know, I, I loved living in Marietta and then, then working in Atlanta. That was fun. But being up here in Nashville, man, the, the variety of things to be able to do. And, and obviously, you know, the historical element as well uh, that you have. But it's got to be something to do with country music, right? That just, just makes too much sense. Well, in Atlanta, I know they, they actually had it in the Hall of Fame uh, the last time that they had it there, which was last year. Yep. I, I, where's Radio Row? Is it at a hotel, or are they farming it out to the Opry, or yeah, what? Yeah, I, I believe it's, I, I believe it's at, uh, at the hotel. It may be the Grand Hyatt. I'm not 100% sure. We, uh, we, we've been doing this big project here lately, so we're just going to kind of rip and roar when everybody gets up here. But I want to say it's at the, uh, the Grand Hyatt. Um, but I'm sure there'll be something special they have in the works at being in Nashville. Nashville always does it big. So when our crew of four is up there and they have some free time, what do you recommend that they uh, do? Bar Taco, number one. Um, it's, uh, a lot of it's going to be food recommendations, obviously. Anything over in Franklin, uh, I'd go, go see my boy Trevor at the Red Pony. I think it's the best restaurant uh, in this area. Um, you know, there's, there's always Top Golf. Uh, which is a lot of fun. I mean, I, I don't know how you know much they're going to be in love with museums. I'm, I'm, you know, it just depends really on what it is. Uh, but man, I mean, you know, go over to, to Opryland, check that out as well. I mean, there, there's a ton to do, but a lot of great eats. Broadway. I mean, you know, I know Morgan Wallen said leave those Broadway girls alone, but you know, it's SEC Media Day. You can't hold anything back. Can they drop your name and get in? Uh, yeah, either that or uh, get arrested. It depends on where you're at. Hey Jake, speaking of Top Golf, have you seen this? Uh, they're they're doing one for basketball now. 
It's a top. It's a Dude, basketball have you version. Seen the baseball one? No, they have a baseball one too. Yeah, it's like a it's like a home run derby one. I think they have a couple out in Texas. The basketball one looks dope, but I'm telling you, man, the baseball one looks amazing. What a great idea! Yeah, and uh, we need we need to get in on that for sure. Absolutely. All right, uh, we'll go around the horn with sports. You're a big baseball fan, Braves fan. Uh, they got Miami coming in. All star lineups yesterday. Any thoughts? Inclusion? Any guys that were left off that should have been starters? Fans? Did they do a good job? they did a pretty good job i mean look there's always whenever whenever you have an all-star game or something like that when they do when they handle it the way that they do from from a voting standpoint there's going to be some good and some bad but guys just the braves in general right now i i tell you what man what alex anthopoulos has done if you look at the month the braves are having at the plate and they're doing it you know i say different ways but with different rosters there's there's obviously that core there uh, but it's amazing to see what Atlanta's doing. I, I, the Marlins have been a really good story. But when you look at the NL East, man, and, and you really look at, at the National League in general, I mean, who's been hotter than the Atlanta Braves? I mean, they, they you know, just dispatched the Twins, saw what they did against the Reds the series before. And even it seems like every year with the injury to pitchers, they're able to find a way. Allard had a great start the other day. It's just so impressive what the Braves have done. They're obviously littered all over the all-star lineup, but uh, uh, no, nah, man, it's, there's always going to be good and bad with that. All right, in Nashville, they just had the National Hockey League draft. You got a, a professional hockey team, and, and we talk about you know uh, Oakland moving to Vegas. Will Nashville, and you got the Tennessee Titans, will they ever get a major league franchise? Is it a, is it a city that can handle it? Oh, I think you can handle it without a doubt. I mean, you're, you're looking right now, we're kind of in the finalists as, as they look at, at these expansion teams with a couple other uh, pretty big cities. But, yeah, I can handle it. I mean, the, the, the Preds attendance and how much people love the hockey team up here is huge. I mean, they, they've got a AAA team up here. Uh, they, they've got a uh, MLS team up here that gets a lot of support. Nashville is a city that, that is just exploding with growth, obviously, and they love baseball up here. There's a, uh, what I find, what, what I'll find interesting though, is there's a ton of Braves fans up here, a ton of them. How would it play by adding another major league baseball team? I think they could handle it, but that's an interesting dynamic. All right. SEC media days. Let's get back to that. What do you see as the, and it's still about a week and a half away from when people report and everything. What do you see as the big question uh, are the priorities, storylines, things like that, that uh, maybe weren't uh, entertained when we went to uh, Sandestin? Well, you know, look, every, every coach kind of handles it different. You get a lot of coach speak, which I understand, but from a, a narrative of a, a fan standpoint from a media standpoint. I think a lot of it's going to be how open, uh, wide open the SEC West seems this year. You know, Alabama, we know how talented they are. They're replacing a quarterback and a left tackle. If they're not able to run the ball that they, the way they have been uh, a couple years before last year, uh, then I think they're going to. There's a chance they could go nine and three. But you look at LSU; they've got a tough road schedule. Uh, it's, it's hard not to have a tough road schedule in the SEC. Auburn, uh, what are they going to do under Hugh Freeze year one? Arkansas returns KJ Jefferson, but not a ton on defense. You look at the Mississippi schools as well. It's very interesting to see the SEC West. And then, obviously, Georgia. Can they three-peat Carson Beck replacing Stetson Bennett? Joe Milton replacing Hendon Hooker. How's that going to work out with that stud five-star freshman that they have in the back end? Uh, there's, a, there's a ton of narratives. 
But outside of what Georgia's done, and I think there's some question marks at Georgia, it's how wide open the SEC is. So you'll get your individual storylines, your, oh, is this Billy Napier's last year? And then can underdog Vanderbilt pull some more upsets? Uh, but there's a few that I look at that I find fascinating. Mississippi State with Will Rogers kind of flying under the radar right now. You look at South Carolina, are we going to get into the year Spencer Rattler? Are we going to get beginning of the year Spencer Rattler? So it's going to be fascinating. There'll be, you know, some of the young social media-driven coaches, they'll make some comments, they'll crack on some other teams. But what I'm interested to hear from is is some of the new guys, and that's, uh, that's something I'm going to keep my eye on. Hey, you mentioned Joe Milton. What was your reaction on, uh, on Manning – Passing Academy dude unleashed a bomb there. It was almost 80 yards, but more impressively hit that golf cart from about 70 out. Yeah, listen, I I hope Joe Milton has a great year. Uh, I just I'm not going to get excited about guys who can just throw the ball far and and what they can do without pads on and nobody running at them. I don't understand why we do these elite 11, why we do pro days, why we do combines, why we do passing camps without pads and a helmet on. Yeah. Uh, now, the Joe Milton's question, the biggest question isn't how hard can he throw it. It's does he have any touch? Can he throw the slip screen? Can he throw the slant? Can he throw the hitch or the dig without overthrowing it and hitting a safety right between the numbers? That's, it's like a Major League Baseball pitcher. Great. You can throw it 98. You better be able to control the changeup. You better be able to aim the curveball. You better be able to pitch backwards. That's his biggest question because if you can't do that, it doesn't matter how hard you can throw it. You brought up Vanderbilt. Your your station in Nashville, that's the home of Vanderbilt. As you make the rounds, is there much attention to that program up there? Do people care? Uh, you know, it's, some people do. It's, it's not anything like we're used to back where, where we're from with Auburn, Alabama, and pretty much any other school. It's kind of just let's wait and see how they are, and then if they're good, we'll support them, but we don't need to have our expectations too high. Uh, so, no, I don't think the support's great in football. In, ba- in baseball, it's obviously different. In basketball, it's a little bit different. But they're just so used to being the redheaded stepchild. I mean, it's almost just a wait-and-see approach. We had Lindy Davis on at 7.30, talked about Auburn, unpredictable, doesn't know where to put them, uh, sees improvement but not sure how much. How do you see Auburn with Hugh Freeze? Man, I, I'm feeling eight and four. Uh, I think that's a that, that's a pretty good spot to land on. It's his first year back in the SEC. I think you're going to get a blend of his RPO and run game with Phil Montgomery's kind of Baylor Art Brile stylish splits outside and route combinations. Uh, I think they got a chance to be pretty good when you look at the way they split the roster on the offensive line. Biggest question is pass rush, man. That's the biggest question. If you don't have a pass rush, you don't have a defense. Uh, so if they're able to just be decent enough from a pass rush standpoint, I think they could make some noise. Uh, but you look at the schedule, you do get uh, Bama and Georgia at home. Uh, you got some tough games on the road. But as I mentioned earlier, you're not going to duck that in the SEC. I think ceiling 9-3, and three, floor probably 7-5, and five, but it seems like an 8-4 year to me. So are you uh, setting up to do live shows up in Nashville? Oh, yeah. You know us, man. We're going to be rocking and rolling. Hey, always good to catch up with you, man. Enjoy the fourth weekend. Uh, We'll talk again soon. Sounds good, guys. It's always fun. Yep, that's Jay Crane, ladies and gentlemen. One final segment of the day, of the week, and for Lee. Of the month, An extended vacation. Although I'm not sure everything he's going to be doing on his vacation would be. Extended. um, Yeah.
this is um, the, the end of the month too fair yeah it's it certainly is uh fear not though if you're working then me and nick are working that's right on monday the opening kickoff will be on the air the day before july 4th and we got big plans we'll tell you all about them when we come back we close up shop give you a sneak peek into that show stay with us one final segment right here on the sports station wnsp and online at wnsp.com Brad Nessler, and you're listening to WNSP 105.5 in Mobile. There, the show will be over. Yeah. Because I, I, I think to the casual fan, they wouldn't know what that is until you hear the big. There it is. You know, the best part, by the way, Lee, as you know, that's the Avengers. But if you haven't seen it yet, you need. It's still up on Twitter. Go to search like. Avengers Endgame opening day and they show the final scene like the big battle with Thanos and the crowd goes absolutely nuts when like start coming out the portals yeah and 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 he catches the hammer for the first time and he's like yeah. Avengers and he finally says assemble like have you seen that video yes they they go absolutely berserk in that in that audience to the point where you might almost get ticked off you can't hear the movie at that point but they are absolutely all in on it i haven't had a theater experience like that in a minute i feel yeah i what i know you're not a big movie guy lee what was the had, had, have you ever gone to a, like going to the theater but have you ever been on an opening night for a big like op no open i have not last movie i went to was a uh, top gun maverick you went to the theater in atlanta but you went to the, the the most recent one, yeah, the new one. Yeah, that yeah. that's the last movie. That's I've another seen. good theme song, by the way. Um, on opening night, I don't know. On I, I wouldn't want to go on opening night. It's so jammed. It is, but there's a certain there's electricity, a, there's energy in there. Yeah, no, no, I'm not into that. I did. Um, you have to hunt around for a seat. I actually did. <laughs> I actually did Independence Day, believe it or not, which is ironic since we're going to be talking about that a lot on Monday. I did that on opening weekend. Um, I think Sixth Sense was one that I might have, which I was a lot of fun because people were freaked out. Yeah, I tried to see every movie on opening night. Um, I did not see Indiana Jones because I'm going with a group of people on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, but my best movie theater experience of all time was I went and saw Get Out when they still had the Hollywood Studios right here off yeah. of 
government, man, I never, it was just such a crazy environment because no one knew what that movie was about. And there were all those twists and turns if you haven't seen it. And at the end, man, everyone was like cheering. Yeah. It was just an awesome. So vibe. what's your uh, food of choice that you take in the pocket? The hidden food you take in? Uh, lately, I actually haven't. Normally, I'll sneak in like a cheeseburger and fries and stuff. Mm. I'll do like a whole meal. Yeah. But lately, they have this deal going on at AMC where you can get a slushy and a popcorn for $5. So I just go in with 5 bucks and refill that slushy. Or icy as it is. Icy, yeah. that's right. It's Still slushy, remember the uh, former board op. We were we had that conversation. And, you know, for me, it was like M&M's or some candy or something like that. And he just floored me when he said he brought avocado sandwiches to the theater. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. I, I was just Well, you know, funny. full-fledged meals are not so hard to sneak in anymore since they're serving all, the, all this stuff now at theaters. Um, I'll never forget I, when I was younger, a lot younger, there was w- obviously somebody had smuggled food and drinking because at one point you heard a bottle actually tip over and roll down the aisle uh i'm assuming it was did you ever a coke bottle i'm sure or let's say you went to the movie you had a particular movie but after it was over go to another theater and see another movie i did um, i used to do stuff like that no we no when we were uh, we i was once, alone though so I, I wasn't with anybody yeah we once bought tickets for something that was pg so we could get into terminator uh, and did that whole thing, Terminator 2 or whatever it was. But you never, like, after the movie was over, or let's just say you, you, you bought tickets and you're like, oh, this movie stinks, and you just get up and go to the next theater. No, uh, no, I, I did do a, way back in the day when my kids were younger, one of the local theaters did a double feature on Toy Story. We did Toy Story and then Toy Story 2, and there was a brief intermission. That was a long day. one thing kids like. It's sitting in one place for five hours. They, they, they were cool with it. My, my kids didn't have a problem with it, but that's a lot of theater watching. This theater most film. recent Pixar movie that came out, Elemental, I went and yeah. saw that. I almost walked out of it and went over to uh, a different theater. I was trying to walk through the hallways and listen for Optimus Prime's voice. Because I hadn't seen Transformers at that time. Uh, both of those movies, Transformers and Elemental, skip it. Do not take your kids to see that. Go see The Flash. They'll like that. Someone said they did Pirates of the Caribbean forever ago for a midnight debut. Fell asleep halfway through. Mm, yeah, can't be doing that. Uh, uh, Brick said I went and saw A Quiet Place. It was the only one in the th- in the theater. That was probably a little eerie, no doubt. Sure. Uh, but it said it was pretty cool. One time I went with my friend to go see Don't Breathe 2. Ooh. That's about the blind guy who kills people. <laughs> but it was just us in there, and the movie was so stupid and boring that we started playing. Um, we like were running around pretending. Because this guy is like a superhero, even though he's just a normal blind guy. So we walked around with our eyes closed in the theater seeing if we could find one another if we were blind during the movie mm. don't breathe three still not breathing <laughs> 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 all right so uh as we mentioned mr Shervanian taking the day off on monday as maybe um, a lot of you guys are and if so kudos to you but uh, nick and i will be in here and uh not only will we be fa- playing your your favorite uh july 4th-esque songs um we will be reenacting. Now, 
we're talking about this. We, we thought we're going to be kind of July 4th scenes of movies or July 4th-esque movies, but maybe just more America. Americana. We might uh, uh, play different parts of different scenes. We're going to do, maybe we'll do one an hour. We'll do three different scenes from three different movies. And we're kind of spitballing what movies those will be. I think we feel pretty good about one, Independence Day. The question is, what scene might we reenact? Right. And which roles will we play? And I'm going to do my darndest to give you as many female roles as I can. Because I just know with your acting prowess, you'll be able to really bring some depth and believability to that. Um, yeah, now, Independence Day, there's not a whole bunch of roles there. There's the First Lady, and then there's uh, um, Will Smith's uh, – I don't want to ruin it for Lee, but <laughs> fiancé. Oh, that's okay. Go ahead and ruin it for uh, me. So there are going to be some limited scenes there. You know, I always like trying to make a good entrance or whatever he says, and then maybe we maybe we take that one. But we also need something that kind of – I'm going to do some research. Yeah, you, you do the, the rest homework. of the, my work day. I'm just the talent. I'll just show up and That's right. I'm acting. Read your lines. Yeah. Uh, so we'll do that on Monday. Oh, we'll talk some sports, you know, to fulfill that obligation that, that Lee has bestowed upon us. Hot dog eating contest. Yes. Yes. You know, all the things that go with July 4th shenanigans. You know, I well, should mention, by the way, for someone that wants us to stay in our lane and talk sports, you're the one that brought up the story about the lemonade stand today. That is true. Well, you were so far off the rails, I didn't have any choice. I just had to go in that direction. So is, is if we continue to do that kind of thing, just kind of force feet, you're going to have you're just be forced to do it with us? Well, I, I can't bring back. What I want to talk about, because you you don't want to talk about it, so I, I went off the rails. Well, hypothetically, rhetorically asking for a friend with only a minute left, what what is it that you would have wanted to talk about at that point? Oh, I think I would have wanted to get into the gambling issues again, or the all star lineups and things like that. But I don't want to bore you, so. Mm. So Lee Shervanian can be broken. I was broken, is right. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Plus, I got my mind on this four day weekend. <laughs> But you see, if you have that Friday, see, what we need to do is take that Friday, Friday. feeling that you have yeah. and make it our everyday feeling. The, the world is your oyster, Shervanian. Hallett Street is my yes. oyster. You like oysters? <laughs> Not raw. With ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of ketchup. Did you see this story? You didn't. We're running out of time. There's a big story on ketchup on, on the New York Post today. See? See, this is the Shervanian that we love. This, we refrig- need the Shervanian. Do you refrigerate it? I do. Let it, yeah, that's what it says. That's what you do. You don't let it stand out there after you've opened it up. I Michael like mine. I like cold ketchup. Do you not like cold ketchup? No, I'm just kidding. You like room temperature ketchup. Enjoy I'm not a your ketchup weekend, guy. guys. How are you not a ketchup guy? You're Happy downright 4th. Un-American on America's most patriotic holiday. Happy 4th.